What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Chrisomania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, with the powerful questions. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! All right, and here we go. How are you, my friends? Welcome to another audio adventure on the Chris Van Vliet Show. Uh, this episode's brought to you by Roman, and uh, you'll have to you'll have to forgive my voice if it sounds a little off uh, in this intro here. Uh, I think <laughs> I think all the traveling has caught up to me. In the last eleven days, I've been to Chicago, North Carolina, Las Vegas, and just got back from Toronto. So I've been been racking up the miles, been racking up the interviews. Uh, this, of course, being one of them. Uh, but it's one of like it's one of like five interviews that I have in the can right now. Ready to go, and uh, a few more on the way before 2019 is over. So a uh, huge year, man! Uh, this is this is living proof that vague goals get vague results, uh, and specific goals get specific results. You know it. Uh, at the start of the year, I said I was going to do 50 wrestling interviews in 2019, and I think that I think we're going to close off the year with a hundred or more wrestling videos in total. So uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for being with me on these interviews. Uh, thank you for being with me uh, as we started the podcast uh, five months ago because it's like there's literally there's literally a sea of wrestling podcasts out there. Um, everybody has a wrestling podcast, right? I'm, I, I'm one of them. I'm one of those people that has a wrestling podcast. Uh, but thank you for choosing to listen to this one and thank you for sharing it. Thank you for tweeting about it and just getting the word out taking those screenshots tagging me uh, and i always repost those by the way if you tag me in a screenshot i will repost i'll retweet you i'll restore you whatever it happens to be so yeah take a screenshot right now that you're listening to the show and i will uh i'll share that for you i, I just honestly can't thank you enough for these reviews you've been leaving on apple Podcasts. i'm gonna keep reading them like this one from Ashley Kate, I don't know, it took me a second there to find the name, Ashley underscore Kate in Great Britain. Thanks for listening on the other side of the pond. Uh, the title of this is Modern Podcast Legend. Love Chris's podcast with the offering of an alternative and competitive program. The uninhibited and uncensored long format along with the colorful and inquiring personality of Chris. Well, thank you so much, Ashley underscore Kate. Uh, and thank you to Samson for the audio equipment that allows the show to sound as good as it does sound. Uh, and a lot of people message me and they say, hey, what kind of mics do you use? And like, I think a lot of people think when you're a podcaster, you have to use like three and four and $500 mics. Not the case at all. I use the Samson Q8X. They're $89.99 each. And yeah, yeah, they sound this good. Uh, check them out. Check everything else out at SamsonTech.com. Man, my voice is really, really sounding nice here. Uh, so Austin Aries has a lot to say. I mean, if you didn't know that already, if you couldn't tell from the runtime of this interview, which is interesting because just a few weeks ago, 
Enzo had the longest interview in the show at just over an hour and 20 minutes. Well, here we are a few weeks later. This one checks in at two hours. Uh, and it probably would have gone longer, but the SD card I had in my recorder was like 30 seconds away from being completely full. So uh, I guess we're going to have to do a part two uh, sometime soon. Um, we talked about a lot. Uh, Austin has been involved in quite a few controversies, and we covered everything here. Uh, the no sell at the end of Bound for Glory uh, with John Morrison, that whole crotch incident with Christy Hemme, uh, what happened in his run with WWE and how he says he actually didn't ask for his release, despite what the reports say. All this is just the tip of the iceberg. This is a fascinating and interesting chat with the always fascinating and interesting Austin Aries. We're in your house in Las Vegas We're here. In, the, in, the, in my house, the old 7th Street Sanctuary. That's what it's this place is out. called. Yeah. So welcome. Uh, thanks for coming all the way here. Uh, Thank you. No, it's it's my pleasure to come here to Vegas. Sorry. <clears throat> Libby's running. I hear Libby and her. her That's your cat. My, yeah, my new cat. First time, first pet. I finally broke down. Well, you finally have time at home to take care yeah, of an man. animal. It's been tough, dude. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, traveling as much as as uh, we do, not really conducive to having certain type of pets for my career. So. Right. Well, so now you've got Libby. Yeah. And. And we're doing this, you know. I, you know, I put it out there into the world that we were going to do this interview, and I Here got, it is. we're doing it. We're, we, Here it is. It's happening it's, right it's now. Being done, and we, we got just bombarded with people. You know, their their opinions of you, oh, and yeah. different questions that mm. people want to ask, and we're going to yes. cover it all here. All of it, everything. How long? How much? How much time we got? You say? I don't. This will be the longest. Did you say interview. hour fifty four. That fifty four seconds that's, or something. That's the longest we could potentially go. All right. Well, fucking, let's do it. We'll Can see. we swear? Sure, it's the internet. Thank God. Yeah. That would have been tough. Two hours and no fucking F-bombs. <laughs> so we're going to get real here. I mean, you're in yeah. my house. Yeah. This is, I think, th this, Chris, uh, this is, I think, the first uh, and maybe the most intimate anyone's going to ever really get to to see me. And that's kind of and that's kind of like where things are at now, right? Uh, sure. In my, in my industry. And uh, so, well, here we go. And, <laughs> and this, this is intimate. You can tell me what's in this uh, cup then. Uh, this is uh, some red wine. Yeah, uh, I think it's called Tree Hugger brand. Of course it is. Of course the vegans get Tree Hugger wine. Why wouldn't he? Oh, do we? How long? How how long are we into this now? We're uh, two. Not even two minutes in. Not there. even two yeah. minutes, and I and see, I let you all know I'm vegan. Two minutes. There it in, is. Right, just true to That's form. All it took right there. That's it. We got to make sure we get that in. Right. Uh, we couldn't possibly it's, go more than two minutes. Why is that? Uh, you know what? It's funny because you know it, it is a stereotype, and obviously it's there for a reason. I think it's. For a lot of for a lot of people who follow that that way of life, it's such a you know, a it's it took a lot and a strong <clears throat> commitment to get there. Sure. So you hold it as a strong belief. So like anything else, things that really kind of identify who you are, come up more naturally in conversation. If you're if you're a devout Christian or whatever, I'm probably going to find out within an hour of talking or ten minutes of talking to you if it's something that really impacts your life. Sure. I think with veganism, because I'm surrounded so much by the antithesis of it, that there's a lot of opportunity to remind people or for it to come out or just to kind of just, I'm one of those weird vegans and just kind of put it out there so that everything makes sense after that. Well, it's out there now. Now it's out two, there. Two now, you know, in. Yep. Um, I, I don't, I mean, there's so much to cover here that I don't know where yeah. to start, but I think that the, <laughs> I think the best place to start is where most people saw you most recently mm. was in WWE. And that was yeah, WrestleMania they, 33. They didn't see me. They didn't see me. Wow. Like you were in MLW, yes. 
There's nothing in between there at all. Yeah. Yeah, there's lots of yeah. There was impact. Yeah. Oh, there was that. Okay, yeah. I was just like, yeah. there's lot. There's lots of. I things. thought that was there's like a, you were kind of taking a big shit. Like, no, think the, no. The last place you were that anybody saw you. But I think that, no, that I got you. That's the, the big, the, the, the most visible, most recent, most visible place. Well, right? let's let's start with the biggest one, I guess. Bound for Glory. That was. You want to start there? Do you want to start there? I, it's your it's your interview here, Chris. I'm just I'm trying to follow along here. I'm I don't know. You take over here. No, I think it's. I no. think let's let's go with WWE because I think yeah, that's the that's biggest cool, thing man. that a lot of people yeah, are talking yeah, yeah. about is you know, you know the questions. So it, was, yeah. it was WrestleMania 33. It was the last yes. time we saw you. Your match with Neville, mm. and you kind of smiled on your way out of there. It seemed a lot of fans were you know pointing that out. I, you know what? I, I think that I saw that too. I think that was the the last match at uh, No Rules. Uh, was it like uh, the uh, um, we did a submissions match at. Help me out with the pay-per-views. You know, you're a fan of this stuff <laughs> with, with all the hardcore matches. Um, Hell in a Cell? No, the, the, the Extreme Rules. Oh, Extreme yeah, Rules. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I, 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 said, I said no rules. I, uh, anyway, so we had a submissions match at Extreme Rules. And actually, we were supposed to have, I think at one point, originally we were told to have like a false count anywhere. So we were actually pretty excited to get to go out and have, you know, um, a different type of match that kind of showcased uh, other parts of what we could do um and then it got changed to a submissions match the most exciting hour of television watch these guys do submissions on on extreme rules very extreme yeah submissions and so now we're just now i think it was more or less uh, um okay we're we, i think we're mat, we're match two which normally match two is not the spot you want to be in necessarily um it's not a, gl- a glory spot it's um but for us that night, it was almost the perfect spot. It's like, well, let's do a submissions match when the crowd hasn't seen a lot of the other stuff yet. They haven't yeah. seen, you know, gauges and chairs and shit. So we'll get to go out there and, and they haven't been burnt out. So if we go and have a cool submissions match like we can do, like we'll still hopefully have their attention. So like we were kind of happy to be in the early half of the card. Sure. Um, so as happens, stuff and things. Uh, and and so also we get switched to the semi-main um, because... I think someone didn't want to follow the cage match and politics and things. And so we need a match to put there and we'll, we'll put those guys down there. And literally like for like just the only time we're just like of all the times to put us in the semi main, like, like we've, this is all we've wanted. Right. Like, right, think, right, right. And, but it was just like, we know why it's happening. <clears throat> and, um, and so we were just kind of like, man, now we're going to be putting on the eight ball a little bit here. Cause we're gonna have to f- follow a lot of spectacular stuff and weapons and things with submissions match. Not an easy, not easy, you know? And so I think, I think, you know, I think all of us were just a little um, upset at that turn of events, but we're just going to try and make the best of it. Um, So, but I know the look that people are talking about. I wasn't expecting the camera to to, to pan in. I want to explain it to you like this. Um, Have you ever had something happen? Uh, I give an example of the day. I was trying to throw something in the garbage, right? There's a little piece of something in the garbage. You throw it and you miss. Yeah. You pick it up and you fucking throw it. You miss and you, just, you miss. And by the third time, what do you do? You kind of laugh. Like it's almost, it's fucking comical. Sure. That you just, yeah, yeah. no matter what you do, you're failing. Yeah. So people don't understand like this. I got over on commentary telling everybody how fucking great I was. And then I came out and literally failed three times in a row at my task in every way imaginable. Right. And this was literally the last straw. This was the last hope, the last chance, and I came up short. And so that looked to me and that emotion, because I'm a big, 
you put yourself in the moment and it's everything I think a lot of what's missing in wrestling is not the motion to quote Terry Taylor of all people. Hi, Terry. Uh, to quote Terry, and this is one of the things he said that sticks to me and makes sense. You know, there's a lot of there's enough motion in wrestling. Sure. Where's the emotion? Mm. So you're saying your character had lost. So in that moment, I was it row. was almost I was sitting there almost at a loss. Like I know I'm better than this dude. I know I can beat this guy. And yet for the third time in a row, I've just fucking I failed. And so it was that moment in my head of exasperation where it was almost comical to where like fuck like what what do you do and that was the moment i wasn't and that was in my mind and let me tell you and, and be honest in in my mind also i'm thinking to myself well this has to be leading to a heel turn sure because i have no value left as a cruiserweight baby face right you know i i so the catalyst for something like this would make sense of when the good guy can't get the job done being a good guy well he tar- turns bad and breaks the rules right right i mean but so there was also maybe that foreshadowing in my mind of like that look of coming over me of like fucking comical disbelief of my failure to like cynical, like maybe I need to change something up. Mm. That's where I was at. Man. Okay. And a lot of people read, I think read into that a lot of different ways. Oh um, yeah. But that was really, you know, I was in the, you're still in the moment. Right. And you're thinking what just happened. I literally just failed for the third time. So it wasn't anything going on, you know, backstage, anything going on. It had nothing to do with that. There wasn't really nothing going on backstage. I mean, other than that match being switched, I think, listen, there's, and I can only imagine what it is now because things haven't obviously improved. There was an overall frustration, I think, not just me. And I'm, and I know when I'm being vocal about things, I certainly wasn't vocal because I think I understood what was, what, what the deal was. Um, There was an overall frustration, I think with, the lip service of we want to make this important and brand it and have it stand on its own and then them not doing anything that actually showed it. Sure. <laughs> Again, putting us on the pre-show. The for, only thing for, Mania, <clears throat> for WrestleMania, going going to WrestleMania, putting us on the pre-show for that. Or I'm sorry, uh, was it called? It's not called the pre-show. I'm sorry, it's uh, the kickoff show. <laughs> kickoff show. We got correct. It's not the pre-show. It's the it's the it's still part of the show. It's just not for the DVD. It's just. Which is why I quit. It was the DVD, everybody. <laughs> we'll get to the DVD. Um, it wasn't about, listen, to me, I was happy to be there. I, you know, I, I really was. And people can say that. I, wa- I was the first music they heard that night. I walked out in front of 60, whatever, 60,000 at that time. I took pride in the fact because I'd been there the year before and, and other WrestleManias and seeing how many people are sat down for the pre-show ready to watch wrestling. Yeah. We both, I think, Neville and myself, took pride in the fact that like people made sure they were there early and seated because they yeah. didn't want to miss our match. Yeah. And we made a point to say, all right, well, then everybody better been there. So I thought the place was pretty packed, all things considered. And I walked out there, and it was a, it was a great moment. It was one of the best achievements in my career. Yeah. Um, but for me, what they could have done for the actual whole 205 division by putting – you have two guys who you know are going to deliver – Go put us in a go put us in a money spot on that card and let us showcase what this division can do. Not not for us. If you're serious about making this something, then you need to do these things to help it grow. Right. Those are small decisions that were made that I think just were undermining the overall success. That was a frustration, but there was nothing going on backstage. Uh, there really wasn't. You know, um, there really wasn't, to my knowledge, up until the time I left. There wasn't any issues backstage that I was uh, made aware of. So. 
So I guess the biggest question is what happened? You know, the, the stories are out there that you were released. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that, that that's, and I guess people will read into that and assume that you asked for your release mm -hmm. and then were granted your mm -hmm. release and then you were released. Right. That's yeah. That's one, uh, one, one thought process. All right. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't ask for my release. Um, I really, I finished the Neville program up. I, you know, I, I'd, I'd been dealing with a couple of hernia discs in my neck. Um, you know, I was doing five, you know, and listen, that, and ask anyone who's been there, man, that schedule is, it's no joke. You know, sure. Seth Rollins says a lot, you know, a lot of the times, like, you know, not everyone can handle the schedule. And like, he's right. Like to be like in his spot and to be the man, to be Roman Reigns, the John Cena's to be those guys that are counting on night in and night out and to do it five nights a week, every fucking week. Like not everyone can do that physically. Sure, like yeah. that's, that, that's a reality, like a hundred percent. So, you know, um, just for me personally, you know, after, you know, going, going through this, the travel, whatever, I started having some neck issues. I'm not sure exactly if it was one bump. It was just, I think maybe accumulation, of a couple of small things that just kind of keep getting worse. And listen, we, the majority of us wrestlers probably have some type of herniation or, uh, you know, bulge in our discs somewhere. I mean, sure. You know, I mean, it's just, it's a part of, it's part of what we do. Right. So you manage it. And I was getting some cortisone shots uh, to just kind of manage it, getting through the program and, um, you know, coming out of that, uh, you know, I talked to the doctor cause I started to have, you know, some, some, uh, sensation loss and some, some numb, numb in the hands and stuff. And the issues were, were kind of getting worse, you know? Yeah. And so I just kind of said to him, Hey man, like, you know, this program's kind of finished up. I don't know that they really have any real plans for me. So, you know, this could be a good time to give me a little time to, to get fucking healthy. Yeah. And so, um, and this is, and this is really, this is, and this is the, the nuts and bolts. Like, so on a Wednesday, I got a call from the doctor and he's, and he left a message saying, Hey, like we're moving you to not cleared for contact. You know, we're going to give you at least a month off. Start rehabbing your neck. Um, you know, go from there. <clears throat> and, uh, so go to the PC, uh, tomorrow and start rehab. So Thursday I went to the PC and started my rehab, you know, and it's actually kind of like, I was actually kind of relieved. Like it was, it's nice to get a break and sure. like still be able to make some money, but like, Heal up some nagging injuries, maybe go work on some things. You like get just to be at home for a while. Get to be home, recharge, yeah. take care of some just house shit. Like I'm, you know, I was buying a, I'm buying a condo at the time. Like I'm just, you know, got personal life shit you're trying to deal with. So it was nice to be like, okay, cool. Like I just had this awesome fucking stretch. Like and I and because 205 was Tuesdays and we were at, at Raw and SmackDown, we were on the road an extra day than everybody else mm. because we were doing both TVs. Mm -hmm. Then we went home and then we were on and then me and Neville because we were the you know 205 program. We were then on the road. So I'd get home Wednesday, you know, and I was back out Friday morning. So I had like 36 hours at home, you know, so it was yeah. nice to be like, all right, I'm going to have like at least a month to kind of do this. And, um, so yeah. And then, so that was Thursday. And then Friday I got a call from Hunter, uh, uh, and just tell me I was being released. Did he say why he, he said he was really shocked. He couldn't, he, he was sh as shocked as I was. It was per Vince. Um, and they just didn't have anything for me. And, and, uh, and that was it. And, and, um, you know, I, I asked him some questions, um, if it was because of some contract things that, you know, we were negotiating, if it was, you know, I was, I literally was uh, surprised because there was no issues. I hadn't had any issues with anybody and have any, I've, I know, and I can be, I, I can be a fucking handful. All right. <laughs> like I can be a fucking nightmare. I, you know, I'm not going to skirt around and, that. Sure. And those rumors are out there. And some of those are well fucking earned. Right. And, and when you put context to everything, maybe it paints a fuller picture and maybe you still think I'm a huge asshole and that's fine. 
but I'm just saying like in this situation, I certainly wasn't going out of my way. Um, I wasn't expressing any frustrations. My only, the only thing I really said pertaining to me creatively was like, Hey, like I have no value left as a cruiserweight. It's not really my role anyway. Like I didn't get, I didn't get over being a baby face on commentary. It was just Neville was so fucking hot as a heel. Right. And, and Vince wanted me and Neville. So, well, I'm a baby face. Yeah. But that wasn't going to be my role long term. That's not where my where my most value is. My my value is in his heel, helping lift other guys up. Man, that's 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 where I want to be. So, my whole thing was like, hey, like after this, and you've kind of killed any momentum I had as a babyface. Like, you can literally do anything else with me. I mean, you can put me back to NXT, put me back in commentary, put me in a tag team, put me on anywhere else, make me a heel. The only thing I really don't want to do is continue being a cruiserweight babyface because mm. you've killed my value. Would you have stayed on 205 as a heel? I, I, that's where I thought I was going to do. Yeah, okay. I mean, that would have been great. That's that's what I needed to do. I thought, you know, a lot of young guys there didn't have TV. A lot of young guys there like, listen, I'm, you know, I'm not going to do this for another 20 years. You need a guy that's a veteran that's maybe had a little experience to help some of these guys. You know, again, I, I grew up watching, uh, you were talking, I grew up watching NWA. Early 80s, you know, the Horsemen, Flair, Dusty, Horsemen. And, you know, Ric Flair, like, and the Horsemen, those were the guys that made it, like, they, they, the straw that stirred the drink, as they say. Like, you need a Ric Flair uh, in that role. Uh, the value is in that he was able to make Sting, make Luger, Ricky Morton, Ronnie, whoever, if you mentioned, I remember Luger came out and said, I want to be a horseman. I was like, oh, fuck, this guy's, this guy's for serious. Because if you mention their name, you put yourself in this tier. Mm. So as a new program at 205 Live, like I felt like the position I, that they wanted me to be was in some ways that this heel veteran top guy that then can take the, you know, uh, Oni Lorcans, if you would have got a chance or any of these other guys, Tony Nieces or whatever, and and lift them up yeah. when they beat them. Yeah. So, yeah, I was expecting, and I got over being a heel, not being, I'm not a sympathetic character, right? Like, you know, sure, help yeah. me. Like, that's not where my money is, man. Like, that's just not it, you know? So, I yeah, so I, I had no issue with being in 205, I, you know, that, that was an issue. I said, I, I said, hey, put me back in NXT. Like, I don't, like, I don't give a shit. Like, this is a job. I'm just saying from a professional opinion, which is probably my problem because, you know, I'm not being paid to give those, um, <laughs> is that I don't have any value left to you. I have very little value left here to you. And the more you keep me in that devalued state, it starts to devalue me. Yeah. And this is a business-to-business -business relationship. I'm an independent contractor. Your business and my business are in agreement to do business together. But if your business starts putting my business in a position that undermines my value, well, that's kind of fucked because I have no way to get out of that, do I? Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, and that's, and that's, and so that was really, but no, I had no issue with it. I, I was actually happy to be like, shit, I'm going to get a month off, still collect some checks, get healthy, get the feeling back in my fingers. And then hopefully by then they've got an idea, like something good to do with me. Um, so to get a call literally the day after I started rehab, uh, and being released uh, to everyone's surprise. But that means you got released while you weren't even able to perform. Right. Well, and so, and on the exit call uh, with Mark Carano, uh, head of talent relations, you know, I, he was telling me like, well, hey, you can wrestle for, you know, 
Tommy Dreamer House of Hardcore, but not for Ring of Honor, not for, I was like, whoa, whoa, Mark, like, I'm not cleared to wrestle for anybody, dude. Like, like I just started rehab yesterday. Like, my neck's fucked. Like, I'm not trying to go work. Like, oh, it's, it's not what I have here. <laughs> okay, well, that's, I mean, I don't know what you have there, but I'm just telling you, like, doctor called me Wednesday. I started rehab yesterday. Like, give me some time to give my neck. Nah, here it says you're cleared with restrictions. If we need you to wrestle, you're okay. And I just said, okay, but that's not, that's not the situation, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I'm a lot of things and, and an asshole at times, but I'm not a fucking liar. And that's why a lot of you don't like me. Cause like the guy doesn't lie and just fucking tells the truth is, you know, anyway. Uh, <laughs> so we ended the call and again, like I, I sent him the voicemail from the doctor and said, Hey man, like, just so you know, like I'm not making shit up. And like, this was the message. Like I was moved and not cleared. I don't know if you just haven't been told yet. That's the deal. And I heard nothing back. Hmm. And then about two or three hours later, I saw reports from Mr. Meltzer that I asked for my release. Strange. Huh? Strange. Cause never in my mind, why would it, if I'm injured and I'm going to get some time off, but still make some money. I don't even think like even in my private, in my home, like I even like was like asked, like talked, like it wasn't even something I had talked about. It wasn't anything I'm even on my mind. So for that story to come out, I find, I found curious and also with the timing of it. Um, but again, like I'm, you know, my ego's whatever. I'm just, I like, you know, I'm going to go with the truth. So I didn't, I didn't jump on that story and go, yeah, I, I told them to fuck off. They didn't <laughs> tell me, you know, like, no man, I got released. And, what I was told from Hunter was it was per Vince. Hunter didn't know. He's very surprised. He actually said he would do some digging to find out for me. Still haven't heard anything back. But, uh, you know, was it kind of a blessing in disguise? Were you happy with your situation in WWE? This now freed you up to do whatever you wanted to do. Uh, I, I, I feel like I hadn't really, I don't think anyone really ever got to see what I could do there. That's what I'm saying. But, but that's, Let's put it this way. I think I was most disappointed, like that. Um, I, you know, I didn't get to really showcase where I think, my, you know, my my talents lie the best. I wasn't able to really. The only time I think people really got to see the true Austin Aries character was on commentary, mm-hmm. right? Just because that was where I was speaking for myself, um, not really being you know, produced, and um, and I and I and I thoroughly enjoy the role of of kind of being the the fucking dick like like but but here's why and here's why chris and this is the important part i I think people don't understand like the role of the heel isn't to make people hate you it's and and it's the part that i enjoy is when it gets shoved up my ass when you can make people enjoy like there's a lot of things i don't like about society and about a lot of people right like I'm, i'm definitely a different kind of cat i think in some ways i get to kind of like play that worst parts of fucking maybe myself and what I see around me and then have it get its comeuppance like it fucking should. Sure. You know, but to be the big bad guy that everyone wants to see fucking get beat and pushed off the mountain, like you have to stand on the mountain for a while. Sure. And so yeah. that's where the politics and the ego comes in of like, listen, I've never asked for a fucking title. I've never asked to win a belt. I've never threatened to leave if I had to lose one or not win one. Like that's absurd. 
You know, this is what Jim Cornette says about you, though. Jim Cornette doesn't fucking have a clue about me. Like this dude worked with me for like six months, and he like recreates history. And I don't know. I want to go into Jim Cornette right now. I might have to fucking light this joint. I'm gonna go to Jim Cornette. <laughs> Holy shit! CBD, of course. Of course. I mean, we're in Vegas, but still CBD. I guess uh, the thing from the outside looking in, as a, as a fan, is you had accomplished so much. You were world champion in TNA and Ring of Honor, and then you come into the let's be honest, the lower tier show uh, of NXT and then 205 Live. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that there was a, there was a possibility to do so much more with you in WWE. Yeah, there was. I mean, there, there still is. I mean, but how I'm, are I'm you? not retired. How are you? Of course. But how? <laughs> Contrary to popular belief. <laughs> how are you okay with coming in after being the world champion elsewhere, coming in to be low to mid card? But everywhere I came in, I came in as low to mid card and worked my way up. I mean, and, and that's what you do. I mean, I, I, I certainly wasn't expecting or asking for anything to be handed because, listen, what I did for all those years at, at the level I did it at successfully was a lot different than what they do there. Like they have a, what they do there is different. It's unique, and you have to understand that you come in and you got to earn some of those opportunities. And maybe there, and maybe, and maybe one of my failures was maybe speaking out and offering opinions before I'd earned the right to. I don't fucking know. Mm. I just maybe was too old and had been around this shit too long to want to play a lot of the games there. And mm. I already knew I was kind of going in. Um, you know, I, I joke. I was like coming in on double secret probation because, you know, basically I was told, you know, coming in, you know, like, hey, you know, your reputation and talking to some of the guys, you know, particularly like you. I said, oh, okay, cool, man. Well, a lot of these guys, you know, and, you know, I can probably name who they probably are. And I can probably tell you why they don't like me. Like, I, my bedside manner isn't always the best. I'm very passionate about what I do. I genuinely, I like genuinely care about shit that's happening, not just to me, but like around me and to other people. Sure. Maybe to a point to where it's detrimental. And so like, you know, when I'm helping a lot of these guys in my time in Ring of Honor as the champ, and a lot of these guys were kind of green and cutting their teeth and trying to figure it out. Like, I didn't think my job was to be their friend. My job was to help them become better professionals. And if it meant telling Kevin Steen to do some fucking curls and, you know, maybe lay off all the fucking cokes or, you know, whatever. It wasn't, it wasn't cause I was being a dick. It was cause like, dude, like you're super talented, but like this is an aesthetic business and Hey, you proved us all wrong. You, you, you fucking got over without ever having to work out. Fucking congratulations. Like, like I'm super proud. Like I think like I actually, I like Kevin. Like I don't think I was, I wasn't trying to be a dick to those guys, like to be a dick to them. I think there was a lot of things going on on the other side of the curtain I was dealing with that those guys weren't pervy to. That was sure. adding to something that a lot of the shit that Jim Cornette doesn't talk about that were that were factors of why well, maybe I was coming to work. Yeah. Not in the best of moods, I guess you could say. Um, and the things I was fighting for that were happening that it seems like Ring of Honor is still dealing with issues they still haven't corrected that I was fighting for back then. Doctors and hotel rooms and just overall treatment of talent like that's been a big issue for me my whole career is is the way talent's been treated and especially by people who've never been talent who've never actually had to do this for a living but who profit off it and you want to talk about jim Cornette, who's one of the greatest fucking managers ever like i grew up watching this guy I was super excited and stoked when he was being brought in to work with them and super disappointed to see like how he is and the fact is like you know, he's kind of got that old school carny mentality. He's working everybody all the time. Like he's working all of his followers. Like mm. all the shit he said, it's funny. He talks about Trump and how much he hates Trump, but like he uses the same type of tactics to like pander to his fan base. You know, it's just lowbrow shit. But like, you know, he, got, he hates you. Like, well, he, he has no reason to, you know, he just dislikes me. I think this is what it is, Jim. 
I did an interview, right? And they were asking me about Ring of Honor and they're just the differences of this and that. And I said, I, I asked him, I said, what, which Ring of Honor? Because I said, Gabe's Ring of Honor and his vision was different from Pierce's, which is different now to like, you have Cornette in there. Like it's kind of like Smoky Mountain of Honor. And he heard that and got super fucking, I think that's why he hates me. Cause I said, Smoky Mountain of Honor. Like I just thought it was clever. And like, I didn't even hate Smoky Mountain. Like I liked it. And like, I wasn't trying to like shit on your stuff, dude. I was just pointing out a difference between like the original ring of honor concept and Jim Cornette's concept were kind of on different ends of the spectrum. So if you ask me a question about ring of honor, you need to specify which one you're talking about. And that was all I said. And I think he heard it. And like, after that's when he just fucking started going off on me and just burying me after he heard Smoky Mountain of Honor. Oh, yeah, so he, he really has it out for I you. apologize. And um, so I don't know if it's that or if it's or if it's the relationship I had developed on camera with bananas that he's that he's a little taken aback and threatened by. It's cool, we're just friends, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> he tells a story about how you weren't you told him in Ring of Honor that you couldn't take you took a bump that made your dick not work. He tells this story about this. Yes. He, oh, and you, and you were being, you, you were a manager for a while. Okay. Let's clear this whole manager thing up. Cause this is funny. <laughs> let, let, fuck it. Let's just clear this whole thing up with this, this Cornet shit. The stuff he leaves out for, I was the top paid guy there, by the way. Yes. He said and, by $50, you were the top paid. Guy. Yes. And when they wanted to negotiate a contract with me, I said, you guys, I want a thousand, I want $52,000. I want a thousand dollars a week. And if you guys can't pay me that, when I know Sadiq's making that, stealing that, then why are we even talking about a contract? I was the top guy not making 50 grand a year there. Yeah. So let's just, just put that out there, okay? It's the top fucking guy. The bump I think he's talking about, and I didn't hear his thing, so I was certain, I saw some, I see some of the tweets and comments come through. I'm like, my dick not working. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Dude, this is fucking great. So I was, we're going to match with Colt Cabana. And you ever see the move, uh, Fireman's Carry? Guy, it was the cage. It was the cage match. It was the fucking cage match in Chicago where we did the gimmick door. So he does the move where he's got you know Fireman's. He's standing on the second rope, and then he drops to the mat and he drops you and you land on the top fucking turnbuckle. Okay, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we're gonna do it in the cage. I said, "Oh, this would be fucking sweet." So we can do it from the top because you have the cage behind you, so you you have your balance. What I didn't think about is because the cage was there, I couldn't go vertical. Mm. and flatten myself out to drop. So I end up crotching the fucking top rope when he dropped me from his shoulders on the top, dropped me and I end up fucking crotching. And yeah, dude, like some of the worst fucking pain in my life. See, Jim, you went, you've only taken one bump in your career and you almost fucking like broke your fucking back. So you probably don't know what it's like to go and take bumps night in and night out and all the shit that it can do to you. So that's why you shouldn't talk so much about shit you can't do. So yeah, man, like this bruise developed like a week later, like my whole underside from like taint up to tip was fucking like taint to tip Ugh. was fucking like purplish blue, man. I snapped a picture of it. Like, oh, just, what? Well, no, I, I had to like, I've never seen anything like it. It was fucking absurd, man. And it was funny because like I took it at an angle and close it. It didn't look like you didn't see like the, you, know, you didn't see tips. So you just like it was kind of like that's a body part, but I'm not sure what that is. So I remember remember being back for the holidays and fucking showing my family, like showing my sister, and my mom, like, "Hell, look at this bruise I got from wrestling!" Like, oh my oh. god, oh my god, what my sister? What is that? Is that your elbow? <laughs> Sorry, that's not my elbow. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, so that was the fucking, it wasn't even a bump. It was, I you know, miscalculated not being able to get my legs straight. And so I took like a fucking straight nutter from the, from his shoulders to the top. And yeah, that shit hurt. So, um, the manager thing, man, here's the deal. Like as I got to the end there and, and through the regime changes, you know, they didn't, I'd done everything there. You know, I've been world champ twice. Yeah. I was the highest paid guy, you know, like if you're going to retain me, like, well, what do you do with me? So I, I volunteered to say, Hey man, like, while I'm not doing anything like super on the whatever that's taking all my time, like why don't you let me manage, uh, manage Rhett and Kenny? And you're great on the mic. I just felt it was like adding value, not like, oh, I just want to be a manager now. Like he makes it sound like I just want to be a manager. The fact of the matter is like I wanted to add value to what I was already doing. It wasn't like I want to be a manager now instead. It was like, let me be a manager also. So I was doing both. And instead of a tennis racket, I have a fucking Sherlock Holmes pipe. And uh and and yeah, and I may have a fucking Hall of Fame managing career ahead of me because I'm only fucking 40. That's right. Yeah. So, you know what? Like, I got a lot of time to catch up to all of Jim's accolades that I get reminded of while I'm just some indie wrestler. Are you offended that he calls you a turnip eater? No, turnips are great. You know what I'm offended by? Like, I'm offended when people are like, 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 like little fucking bitch and like whiny bitch. Like, say, like. I think he calls you the tiny turnip eating man. Uh, very, very Tiny, tiny turnip eating Very teeny, tiny, very teeny, tiny turnip eating man or something. I don't fucking know. Like, goddamn, it doesn't, it's cool. Like, listen, he's trying to make money. That's all he's, it's his job. He's got to make money. What else is he going to do? You know, right. What else is he going to do? So he's got to, he's got to stir the fucking pot. And, you know, guys like me, because I'm controversial, guys that are fucking over like Kenny or, you know, I mean, all the guys, like all the, it's like, I want to be on Jim's shit list because all those guys are successful making money. All the guys he hates. So like, and here's the funny thing. I don't even disagree with a lot of stuff Jim had, like his takes on wrestling because I'm a little more old school and I see sure. what he's saying. So like, I'm not even like super offended because I know like a lot of it's a fucking gimmick. Like he's got to sell subscriberships. But the fact of the matter is, and you know this, Jim, and you can say it's because you're professional or, or not, but. When we were in a locker room together in MLW, you sat in a fucking corner like a quiet little mouse, afraid to make eye contact with 85% of the locker room because more than one of us, more than two of us, eh, probably more than three of us, went up to court and told him under no circumstances should you approach them unless it was to offer an apology and a, and a fucking handshake. And that's why you sat there and talked to fucking nobody because when you're you know selling listenerships and there's a way to profit from it, you got a big mouth. But when it's just real, you just sit there and you know your fucking role. Well, there you go. And we'll, just, and we'll leave it at that. And now I await your six weeks of podcasts because I just gave you a bunch of fucking material you can fucking uh, rant about. So, um, yeah, man, you know what? Like, it's cool. Like, uh, that time there was a difficult time. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on uh, personal in my life. Sure. Um, that definitely was a dark period, you know? Like, yeah, a lot know. of that was, you know, publicized as well. Like, people, people know that you had a breakup. Well, back then, I mean, that, that, when that was back, I mean, yeah, and back then it was just, it was just, I mean, yeah, there's stuff going on there, uh, and and just stuff with the company that I've been dealing with, you know, f contracts, the HDNet deal that they passed on because they didn't want to get rid of Sid because Sid knew where all the fucking skeletons in the closet were and he had the key, so they rode that fucking ship to the fucking bottom until you know Sinclair came and rescued them, and when they passed on that deal because of those reasons. And they basically sold all the boys down the river because that was going to be real contracts and a real opportunity. And they and and Kerry wouldn't take it because he had to protect his own interests. Well, at that point, I knew what the gig was, and I wasn't going to go and keep putting my body out there. No, at that point, Jim, I wasn't getting paid enough to sit there quiet and happy, and and basically let you try to you know take all these kids who 
don't know any better and basically sign into a bunch of deals and, 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 and sell them short. So I wasn't certainly going out of my way to uh, cause problems in the locker room. But for a while, long before Jim had gotten there, um, especially because I'd ran the school and I had students, and that's really where I got involved, is I had a lot of my students to protect them when they were getting put in, in, in situations where they were being taken advantage of. I, I stepped up and spoke up, and, and that obviously made me a target. And hard to work with and a rabble rouser and a cancer to the locker room and a lot of things when you start calling people on their bullshit. And then and those are the names that I think a lot of people malcontent that, professional, that's, professional, that's but one. professional malcontent. But that's, that's the one that I think those, those are the names that get attached to you a lot. Yeah. People think that you're a cancer to the locker room and yeah. you've, you know, you've been fired from every single place you've ever worked is what a lot of people will say about you. Or, or that I quit. See, that's what I'm confused because I hear I quit and went, take my ball and go home or I get fired. Yeah. And it's pretty special to be able to do both. <laughs> like to be able to accomplish both those things simultaneously. Not very many people can do this, but I've mastered the fucking art of being fired while I somehow quit. Well, then I uh, guess, you know, this has, <laughs> this has to lead us to Bound for Glory. Which, oh, man. Um, well, you know, we'll talk about a bunch of other stuff here, but I think that that's... You want to talk about the time I stuck my balls in Christy Hemi's face? Of course no, we just... do. Of course we do. Should we talk about that next? Um, hey, bro, it's your interview. We'll do uh, whatever you want. Um, well, I, got, I got plenty of liquor and, and weed. We can talk about it all. Um, well, I, uh, let's talk about the Christy Hemi thing. You brought it up. so like. Oh, no. I just, uh, you, well, we go to Bound for Glory. We can go... We can, well, you know what? They're all going to transition together. We're going to talk about everything here. Yeah. Um, but the, the Christy Hemi yeah. thing's a uh, you know Christy Hemi thing's a big thing, you know what well, that's that's one of the biggest things that I think to this day really still bothers me. Uh, so it's it is something I want to talk about. We don't talk about it now. We can talk about Bomb for Glory, but it's just um, uh, that was to have your name attached to something like sexual harassment is a, is a big deal, and um, uh, yeah, it's uh, and 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 for a lot of people, probably go, oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, a lot of people probably aren't familiar with so it. We'll so we'll set up the situation here. Uh, Basically, she's the ring announcer. Yeah, and she announces the wrong team, and it's it, yeah. It, that's that's a that's a in a nutshell on live TV. That's in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. What she, 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 she's a mess up. Whether she, and the wrong, I don't think the wrong music played, but she didn't hear. She she announced she announced me and Bobby as as uh, our opponents. Um, right, Kaz and Daniels, and you guys are heels. D- we're two of the top heels in the company, right? right? And and so, I understand when you walk out. When I walk out of the curtain, you're you're in the, you're in the mode, man. You're you know, and I think that's again, maybe somewhere wrestling's. I don't say what's wrong. I hate when people. It's what's wrong with wrestling. This is where you got to change the language. Nothing's wrong or right about wrestling, but it's where it's changing. And we can have opinions on if we like it or not. But like I think that there's um, a lot of there's no people aren't in the scene anymore because there's no scene. It's just this kind of um, the fourth wall has been broken repeatedly so but like you know you go out there in the mode and so i hear it and yeah it's live tv and i'm trying to process um what do i do i can't acknowledge i didn't hear it because yeah i'm thinking oh no we're live i can't we can't just do it over we can't get an editing it's my first thought can we get an editing can't get an editing can't all right so understand the thought process the ring announcer who's there to just announce names she's eye candy now i'm not saying this this isn't dan my real name in my house saying this about Christy, the person I'm saying this in the context of the show, she's there to be hot girl announcing names. And I'm the top former world champion, bad guy with my partner, former world champion, bad guy. She right. just basically just shit, shit on us and disrespected us and felt no need to correct herself, which is, I think where it was like, she giggled it off. Like there was like, 
she probably was, you know, nervous, whatever. Yeah, probably didn't know up. what to yeah, do, right. right? Okay, cool. So I'm just thinking, like, all right, what am I gonna do? You know. So I didn't think out all the logistics of this, but in my head, I'm thinking like corner punch. If you don't want to be there, leave. Something I'm gonna like, I'm gonna kind of get in her face and make her do it right. Yeah. And once she does her job, she like she dismissed us. Once she does her job, I dismiss her. Like you don't exist. You're here for a single reason. Do it and now disappear. Sean. That's a very dick thing. Yes. I wasn't thinking that as a real person, right? <laughs> like that was in my heel mode. I'm going like, oh, that's a fucking let me get some heat out of this motherfucking thing, right? Right. So I kind of back, I get in there and I'm still like, I'm thinking on the fly here. I'm like kind of back her and I she backs in the corner. I said, do it again. I think I said, do it again, right? And she goes, and she goes, ah. and she says the name, and I stand on the second rope and I do my pose. And you know, I I try to give her as much clearance as possible. I didn't think about heights or where I didn't think all this thing through. Um, but I but I wasn't acknowledging her. It was like she was now vanished. <laughs> and I assumed she would just vanish if she didn't want to be there. That's not what happened. She kind of was obviously kind of like, what the fuck? And she kind of like tapped my leg and I hopped off and I just stayed in character and that was it. And and it was all very quick when you watch it back. It's like two seconds, yeah. you know? And so um, I didn't think much of it. You know, I just figured like, okay, cool. Like we got some heat. I was just kind of a dick. Like it's, you know, it's um, in the way I was brought up and taught like this, like this is what you do, right? Like we're, you know, we're, uh, cameras on, we're rolling. So you know, I got to the back and, and no one said anything. Went through the rest of the, the taping. Uh, no one made any mention of it, that there was any issue. Um, I got home and then the next day I got a call from the office saying I was going to be fined five grand for the incident with Christy. And uh, I was like, whoa, like what, what incident with Christy? And like, well, the thing was like, whoa, I, I didn't even know that was an issue. Like, why didn't somebody, why didn't anybody say anything to me? You know, like I was there the whole fucking day and no one came up and said, I was like, yo, uh, and it was Al Snow. Uh, it was, and I just said, hey, Al, let me call Christy and like talk to her. I certainly wasn't trying to offend her or whatever. And um, so I called her. We talked for 20 minutes. And she, you know, I, I explained kind of where I was at. And I apologized if, you know, she fell or whatever, you know, I, and I wish she would have came and said something to me. And she kind of told me where her mindset was. Initially, she wasn't. But as the day went on and people were kind of coming up to her, she started thinking more about it and just, you know, and, and, and I get, and I can understand too, like, you know, being a woman in the business, like you can, maybe some things can trigger you and maybe it's not initially, or maybe when people start coming up and go, are you okay? Like, do you feel this way? And you start thinking about it, you know, whatever. Like, I get it. She explained her part. I explained mine. I, I told her I didn't have any issue with her professionally. It wasn't anything to do. And, and it was cool. And we ended the conversation in good terms and all good. So I called, I called Al back and I was like, Hey dude, like we're good, man. I called right. Christy. Everything's cool. Um, and he just said, well, like, you know, Dixie, you think we should make an apology? And I was like, well, what for what? <laughs> like, <laughs> suspending disbelief is, you know, we got to tell him, oh, that was, that wasn't real. Or he's sorry for doing something as a bad guy, like that made you not like him. Right. Like, I was like, I didn't, I handled it the way I needed to. Like, I talked to her, we're cool. Like, yeah. I don't care what people online think. Like, you know, because she put some tweet out saying, like, responding to some fans saying, like, did you, like when he did that and she's like no it was inappropriate or something or unacceptable it's like well that's what she would say in character like of course it's not acceptable like it wasn't supposed to be acceptable right i was being a bad guy like um but people took that mark madden it's calling people out here mark madden 
I'm, I'm not going to call, like, I'm not going to call him a bunch of names, like a midget stripper and shit, like he called me. Um, but I find it funny that of all the people to champion women's causes, uh, it's Mark Madden. Uh, go look at that guy's feed and see what he thinks about women. Um, anyway, uh, and yeah, yeah, Mark, I'll call you out. I never met you, but you sure took a lot of fucking time to make my life fucking miserable and paint me as something I'm not. So if we're ever in the same room together, I'd like to meet you. It'd be nice if you introduced yourself properly to me. Um, so, you know, he went and, but again, it's his job, man. He's a shock jock. I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, look, look, look at them. The guy hates, listen, anyone, you don't take care of yourself to that extent. Obviously, if you give so little of a fuck about yourself, you obviously don't give a fuck about anybody else or what you do to their life. You're going to give a fuck what you're doing in your own life. Uh, he really started beating the drum of what this was. And, and, and listen, what happens is here is that noise gets loud enough that now Viacom hears about it and asks Spike what the fuck's happening with their wrestling company. They go to the wrestling company and go, what is all this shit? Sure. And we got to make it, we got to make it go away. We right. Gotta, we got to fix it. So they want me to make an apology. And, um, you know, I, I did my normal shit that I do. I'm pain in the ass. And I, sat with Al for 25 minutes preaching my case like this is whatever and it's irresponsible and we can make a joint statement as a company and like to have me whatever and at the end I said so I should probably just make this apology right like it's the easiest thing and he goes yeah <laughs> <laughs> alright so they just want to be heard you know what I'm saying fuck so I go alright dude like I'll write something up and, uh, and put it out and he goes well actually I think Dixie already put something together for you wow and I was like whoa I was like well thinking she she can give me the courtesy of calling me then like she can give me the respect and call me and like hear me out before she goes and puts words in my mouth and apologizes for for me and i said i read the apology it was something it was something like i'm i i want to apologize for my bad behavior against christy it was like something like that it was like so bad i want to be like and i i'm gonna go sit in the corner for an hour and think about <laughs> what i've done and no playstation for me for a month like i i definitely deserve that like the fucking juvenile kind of apology was there it was terrible uh so I waited for the phone call. I didn't get it. So then I got a call from Bruce Pritchard, uh, had a talent at the time. And we had the conversation and I just reiterated like, Hey dude, like, first of all, now things like sexual harassment are being thrown out there. And like, that's like, that's no fucking joke. And for me to make an apology, like I just, why are we letting outside pressure tell us how to police our business? You know, we just keep our business, our business. And so I said, we can make a joint, joint statement. Like, you're just coming to make a statement. We're aware there's a concern over interaction between, you know, two of our characters. They've had, you know, we, we all sat down, had a great talk. Everyone feels comfortable. Like, whatever. No smoke, no fire. Go about your business. Well, the outside forces are because money's at stake here. Well, Viacom's going, why. we're hearing this. Right. Shut it down. Spike's like, oh, fuck. Hey, yeah. we're hearing this. Shut it down. And TNA's like, how do we shut it down? Well, but the responsible way to shut that down is to do it collectively and not to throw one party out in the bus. And that was all sure. my contention was. And, and, and then also if you're going to put words in my mouth and apologize for me, well then give me the courtesy to talk to me. Hmm. So maybe your words match a little bit of what I feel. And, 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 um, so, I mean, the, the statement could have been like, Hey, like they could have just came out and said, Hey, like he called her immediately and they talked and, made sure there was no misunderstandings between what happened on camera and off. And, and that's what was the reality, you know? And so, but as this thing kept playing out and kept growing, like, I'm just kind of in disbelief. Like this is becoming a thing. I'm like, this was, wasn't a thing. This was literally two seconds of me just trying to on the fly, cover this thing up as a bad guy. And now like, I'm like a week into this shit going like, 
this is taking a life of its own. This isn't cool. And no one, and no one's really working to shut this down. They're just, they want me to just like take this rap and think like cop to this shit that I didn't do. Mm. And so I wouldn't feel comfortable apologizing for now what was being characterized as sexual harassment because she never said it was, she didn't feel it was. Or is she just saying to you that, Hey, it's fine, Austin. And then telling other people, I don't know, you man. know what? I have an issue here, with this. Here, here in retrospect, when I look at how it all played <laughs> out, like I do feel like she, like, listen, I told her straight up, Christy, like your tweet saying this was unacceptable kind of started all this. I said, you put a tweet out can end all this. Mm. Like, I can't say, Hey, I called her and everything's cool, but you can say, Hey, like he called me, like it's all good. And this goes away. She was saying, Hey, they don't want me. To say, I can't, they don't want me to say anything. Well, so now you're protecting your interests and you're letting things being said that aren't true. That's, that's, that, that's not fucking cool mm. because you said something. First of all, you screwed up your job. No offense. That wasn't the first time or the second, third. And then now, instead of just taking taking the fucking ownership of that and and me, okay, I've made a bad decision. Like I didn't think out all the factors and scenarios. That was my bad. I could have done a million other ways of being an asshole to correct her without staying on the turnbuckle. Like I'll own that one. Like that was just a hey, I'm bad judgment and and and. But I'm not going to cop to fucking sexually harassing someone. That's fucking bullshit. And also, I think it's funny that okay. Is it because she's uh, an attractive female and I'm a guy? So the connotation is, well, I must want to fuck her. Because mm. that's kind of what's implied, right? I never made eye contact with her. I never made any well, gyrations or anything. So there was nothing sexual about what I did. But so if it's sexual harassment, is it because I must want to have sex with her? Or that's one thing I always found curious. Like, who's to say I didn't have a chance and I passed on it? <laughs> I mean, I, maybe it's sexual just, harassment because it's unwanted, you know, you know, she didn't have but, a choice in it. Well, she had a choice to, to leave. It happened so quickly. It though, did exactly yeah. right, but but I get my, I always the question is like, what has nothing to do with sex? Why does everything do with sex? Well, that, that, that was my. It's because of where the line of sight was. That's the only reason. And that why. was what it is, right? If you were on yeah. the bottom rope, it wouldn't have been. It would have yeah, been. Yeah, but a completely it was just kept, like, fine situation. I was like, whoa, like what's sexual harassment? Like I'm like, I've had a couple of longer term relationships. Girls have been in the business. Uh, I'm not, you know. That's not my MO. I'm not that kind of guy. I've always actually been the opposite, very respectful to, to my colleagues. You know, I was taught to hold doors open, be a gentleman. So for now, this kind of be blown back in me was like, whoa, like that, that, that was tough uh, from that standpoint. But so, you know, in this process, we get to this point where it's going on and on. And finally, I said to Bruce, you know, we were talking and, and you know, like lawyers are getting involved now. And it was just kind of like, oh, my mind's fucking waking up with this shit every day you know mm. and uh i said i said dude i was like why i said why are we letting them work I said, why don't we work these like work them mm. i was like so i knew they had these idea this idea for me to pop uh out from the the suicide mask you know and pop for the for the option c thing i knew there was something they had kind of in, in in the plans i said what if i go and make an apology next week lie i'll make it right in the middle of the ring and i'll probably be you know apologize i was offended blah blah, blah and i quit Right, and right. I'm out of here. Yeah, and then I'll be gone. Everyone think they got what they wanted. They got their apology. Hey, big bad guy's gone. There, he could learn his fucking lesson. And then in a month, I pop up at a suicide, and we fuck. Ah, we have a laugh. Got you. Right. Like they got what they want. And ultimately, we fucking worked and got what we wanted. I was like, that's what we should do. Mm. <laughs> so everybody goes, it's like there's silence. I'm like, don't say anything to anybody. Let me work this up the chain of command. 
I was like, okay, fuck. We might this have, is like, working. Yeah. We might have something here. Holy yeah. shit. After all this nonsense, like we might come to actually some fucking lemonade out of this. Holy <laughs> fuck. It's like the next morning, I won't forget this shit. I woke up and this headline, David Schwartz, Spike Rep, was interviewed by Mark Madden and all of his chins. And I did fat shame you, dude, because that's a choice. I shouldn't celebrate the fact you don't want to be healthy. And it's and if you truly don't feel bad about it, there's no way to shame anybody. Like you can't shame me for being vegan. You couldn't vegan shame me. It's impossible. Because you're, you're proud of being vegan. I'm saying if you truly believe in everything you are, like how do you be shamed about it? Right. You only get you only feel shame if you that there's a part of you that has shame. I think anyway, devolving on a whole other topic. Uh, you see where the brain. I see that. Yeah. Overactive brain syndrome, Chris. That's why the CBD <laughs> helps. Um. So and he got quoted basically saying. Uh, we here at Spike TV do not condone sexual harassment. The uh, the incident with Austin Aries and Christy Hemme is being you know basically taken uh, handled. Uh, once again, we don't condone sexual harassment. And like now, it wasn't a shock jock, Mark Madden or fans. This was like a Spike rep unquote like attaching me to sexual harassment. Mm. And that was effectively like a fucking game changer because then at that point, my attorney just put a gag order on me. He's like, he ain't saying anything. Like, this is a serious offense that, he, that this has gone too far. And so I basically crafted a long page statement, you know, apology statement that had all the timelines of all the contact and all this shit and sent it to my lawyer to like then send to their lawyer and say, we're going to release this tomorrow. We're going to fucking just clear this out. And then I got a call from Dixie mm. finally. And, oh, don't worry. We don't need to do that. It's all going to go away. We're going to clear your name. That Mark Madden, we'll make sure. And uh, and so, all right. Like, And the next morning, uh, TMZ reported that I was severely fined and apologized profusely to Christy Hemme. And that's... Wow, so it got taken care of. That's how it went away. And, and what do you say, dude? Like, first of all, understand this. When I broke in the business... I was taught you protect the business, you protect your, your your opponent, you protect yourself in that order. So I always have held on to this. What happens behind the curtain stays behind the curtain. We protect the business. We protect what we do, the brotherhood. But let's be honest, dude, like the curtain's fucking been ripped off. And I'm probably like one of the last marks sitting here trying to protect something that, that you can't protect. Right. It doesn't need to be protected, I guess. So a lot of these moments when these things come out, it's like, well, I'm going to come out and blow the fucking doors open on all this shit. Like, I was still working there, you know? And it's funny thing is you asked that question earlier, like, which, how she was playing it. Well, like, after this went away, like, she moved to Nashville and got promoted and effectively worked in the office and was my boss. Wow. What did that do for you? Um, it was, that was, that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, I think that, you know, and my departure there at, at that time, uh, you know, deciding not to resign there after my run was uh, in, in large due to that, how that played out. I remember telling Dixie, I, you know, because she was I'm so disappointed that we couldn't keep you here in long term. And I just said, Dixie, I said, uh, I said, <laughs> that's true. I said, I'll never come back and work for this company if I'm working for anybody. Like, I'll, I'll come back here if I'm in a position of, um, of some power to actually do like effectively make some change, but, it, but I'm, I can't do this no more. Right. She just didn't get it. How were you able to then go back to impact? <laughs>
Oh, man, we are just starting to get into it here with Austin Aries. But got to take a quick time out to thank our sponsors. And this episode of the show is brought to you by Roman. And talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. A lot of guys are like, ah, I just lost my mojo. Or I, I had a long day at work. Or, sorry, honey, just, just not feeling that tonight. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, it's safe, and it's totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. The doctor's going to work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman's going to ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, it's simple, and it's discreet. And getting started is simple too. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and you'll complete an online visit there. ED used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. Once again, it's GetRoman.com dot com slash blue wire well because it was later on oh, okay i mean it's honestly when i got the call from sanjay it was before they named scott and don in charge and he called me and i was you know i was post wde so i was you know i was pretty booked up and and um you know he asked hey you know we're thinking about asking you if you want to come in and, and i didn't know who was in charge you know the last time he was going jeff it kind of so i had no idea what was going on i said listen to you i said i don't know who the fuck is running this place i'm like but one, you can't afford me because I can't even attach my brand to yours right now. It devalues me. I said, but I have no interest in coming in or working for anybody, but I'll come in there and run the place. I said, you need someone to like run this place. I'm interested in that job, hmm. but I'm not interested to come in there and wrestle for y'all. I've done that. Hmm. I said, dude, I was like, so if you guys need help, like turn this place around. I said, I've been there long enough. I've seen all the wrong ways to do it. You know, I think I might have some ideas of the right ways to do it. Okay. Um, at least I'm invested. At least, you know, like, so, you know, that was my first play and, and that, that obviously that, that didn't go anywhere. Um, <laughs> but then with short order, then obviously Scott and Don probably already had traction at that time. So they probably just hadn't announced it. I'm sure they were probably already in, in that spot. So then, you know, once I got named, you know, I never, I never, you know, Scott was never a guy I worked for there. I know he was, you know, uh, he has some different roles, but he wasn't necessarily a decision maker. Um, you know, these guys to me all clean slates and, you know, what they, when they called, what they put on my table um, creatively and, and also just from a, a, you know, financial standpoint and flexibility thing, uh, it was, it was too good to pass up. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, again, I wanted to believe like, Hey, cool. Like this is a fresh start an opportunity to, you know, it's never been, it's never been because of the talent, like failures in companies are wrestling companies are, are never because of the, the talent. You know, it's always because of the utilization of the talent or um, the business acumen. You know, again, greatest show on earth happens, but no one's there to see it. Sure didn't happen. Sure. You know, so I think, um, yeah, that's what let me coming back. I mean, listen, they said, hey, we, they have this idea. You come back and we, you know, and, and I'd been doing, you know, I I, I went to Australia and, and, and that promoter, you know, it wanted to put the title on me and, and um, kind of help build that, which was cool. You know, it, was like, it means I get to come back. Uh, that's the way I look at it. Um, and then like the, the, the other two in England kind of just came up, came about. And then, uh, but then when impact called and said, with this idea, you kind of come in and, and as a surprise, you know, beat Eli world champ. I was like, I said, well, if you're trying to appeal to my ego, like, you know, my dick's out and it's hard. It's like, but you know, there's <laughs> some other factors involved, but, um, 
you know, and, and Hey man, and Eli was super professional. I was like, Hey, that's like it's on your side. That's got to fucking suck or whatever. Um, but I appreciate it. And, uh, and he's, a, you know, he's a pro. He went out there to, to, to be a good heel and foil and not, not worry about selling his t-shirts, which is always, which is always a nice, <laughs> nice gesture. And of course this all leads to bound for glory. And then we we'll talk to, about yeah, some yeah. other stuff too, but yeah. it leads to bound for glory. And I think everyone just wants to know what happened that night. Oh man. Had a great fucking vegan pizza. Um, you know, what do you, I, what I don't do you want, have for cheese on your pizza. I don't want to get cheese. I don't want to get husky. So I, I skipped oh, the cheese. There it is. Wow. There it is. I, you're going to buy husky jeans when you were a wow. kid. Right? Holy fuck, man. It's a, vi- um, that's a very interesting word choice. Uh, husky. It, it's, it was the key of the tweet. I think the key yeah. of the tweet was the word husky. Cause fat just would have been too cliche. And just, and I think people desensitized, but husky, I think there's a, it's for some reason, it's almost more like, oh, oh they're husky. Like, what a dick. Like, that's a dog. <laughs> it's a dog breed, even. Like, what an asshole. Um, oh, man. Uh, so, where do you want to start? How, how far back? I mean, because there's a lot, that's the funny thing. A lot of, you know, a lot of people hit me up afterwards going, was it a work or a shoot? And I was like, yes. <laughs> it's like, what part man like there's you know like listen the best parts of wrestling is when you pull from realism so like the part the part where i got up and walked off and fucked everyone off and shit like you know i didn't go into business for myself like there there were other people that were aware that was going to happen there, there was a plan for me to return there was a there was a there was a uh it was my idea it was an idea i pitched for a reason um it was that the, those people knew of that needed to know. Um, and was it an idea that was approved by the people that needed to approve it and needed to know? Was, yes. Was John in on this? I think's the biggest thing. At the, at the end. I'm not sure. I don't know if I told him that or not. Well, then it sounds like no, but he, but, but it didn't matter for him. So of course it mattered for him. This was his moment. Uh, but yes and no, uh, and 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 we can get to that in 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 in, in more okay. depth of that. All right. I do believe he knew. Like, and 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 to be fair, and and I'll say this: we'll get to the whole the whole story. But like watching it back, I can see. I see. You know, well, it's people like fucking freaking out or whatever. But like, I could have done a couple of things that would have maybe had it play a little different. That maybe would have been more to my liking. But uh, it garnered the reaction and result I wanted. Like, let's let's be honest. Like, I you know people are talking about it still. So so let's so let's. I mean, so we'll start there and we'll work our back. So okay, you know, I had been under uh, basically the original finish for that match was me over. Okay, they called and told me that months before, even though your contract was going to end. I had been only doing, and here's what I was doing there, signing three six-month deals. Okay. Staying in that honeymoon phase. <laughs> Wine and dine me. Maybe a little promise ring, but not the real thing because we all know what happens once you get married for a while. People start to take care of themselves. don't give a fuck anymore. Talk, start talking to you a certain way, right? Mm. They got you locked down, but when they're still trying to, hey, you got to yeah, yeah. keep nice, right? Because yeah, my yeah. whole thing was like, I told the guys, I don't want to work for you. I'll work with you. And I want to keep my, my flexibility. And here was the other thing, too. And I said this to him. I was able to get more traction working with other companies as their champion because I wasn't under any kind of deal where they had to fucking deal with them. Hmm. They had such a bad reputation that 
it was a godsend for these companies to go, oh, I can have you on there and I only have to deal with you. Yeah, dude, you're good. It's good. I'm spreading goodwill for the company by them not having to go through all the normal channels you used to have to deal with with this bullshit. People know what they get with me. Like I'm, and I know a lot of you are going to find this hard to believe. Like I'm as professional as they come as far as like I do what I say, I show up, I fucking perform. Um, I'm, I'm honest as the fucking day is long. You know, like I, I don't mince fucking words. That's not for everybody. And especially in this business, it's very much not for, for certain people. So the so when they really wanted, I said, listen, guys, I, I will take less money to keep my flexibility because I think I can do more for you and for me sure. having that flexibility. Then I lock myself in and become another, I said, I'm not interested in that. And, and that number isn't one you want to pay. It's just not. I bet I've done the dance. So I was signing these short deals and I never planned on going anywhere as long as things were cool. And things were cool means we're communicating. Mm-hmm. And you're using me in places I can I can be a difference maker. If that's the champion because you have nobody better, cool. It doesn't have, listen. If I was booking, I'd be like the fourth or fifth guy to want to be, make the fucking champ. I'd hope there was guys that looked better on a fucking poster than me. But if I'm the best you got, do it. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not the guy aesthetically you might want to roll out there on the Tonight Show. Well, this fucking guy's a real champ. This guy's fucking a midget. He's a fucking teeny tiny turnip eating motherfucker. Oh, this dude, oh. like I get like that's cool. Like you know. It's not lost on me, you know what I'm saying? But I'm that still like now it's the promo to John. Like you may look like the guy, but I'm the motherfucker right now. Like it doesn't matter what you look like, I'm the part. You look like the part, I am the part. Yeah. You know, that's reality. So they they just called they'd called me before and just said, Hey man, like, you know, we want to keep this on you. We want to keep some continuity. You know, um, we wanna we wanna keep your long term, offer your long term deal, you know, maybe we can, you know, this and that. And um you know, we were talked about, I said, you know, I think OVE and these guys, you know, eventually could be big faces. We got the me and Moose thing uh, and Kevin Cross that I thought we, you know, get traction as heels. Eventually those guys flip and, you know, Sammy's the champ I thought as a, as a baby come, you know, probably around sometime now was kind of the plan, you know. And um, and I mentioned in the call, which was funny, I said, hey, I was like, there'd be nothing wrong with giving it to John for kind of like the Pentagon run. Like give it to him to kind of just freshen it up. I said, the guy looks like a million dollars. You're trying to get a TV deal. He's on Survivor. Like, he's good to put on a poster when you're trying to negotiate shit, like, way better than me. Like, yeah, sure. Okay. Like, give it to him for give it to him for a little bit. And if you want to put it back on me and then fucking heat, heat me up for fucking Sammy, like, we can do that. That's cool. Yeah. You know, I, like, I like to think I understand this now at this point. Like, I'm not, we all have an ego. We have to fucking, I have to have a bigger ego than most because I need to compensate for my lack of height, you know, because in this business, that shit really matters. Um, so I got to have a big ego to stand on so I can see people and talk to them eye to eye, except for Vince Russo. He's way too tall. I could never talk Vince Russo eye to eye. Always got to look down at me, Vince. Ah, bro, bro, bro. Just trust me, bro. I've been doing this a long time. Really? Well, I mean, you're a former world champion and everything, so fuck. But there's guys smaller than you that don't have big egos. Who? Daniel Bryan. Okay. And? Well, I mean, Daniel Bryan's. I love Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan's a fucking anomaly. Like, like Finn Balor, you know, doesn't have a giant ego. Like there, it is. What I'm saying is, it is possible. You know, just because you might not be as big as some of the former champions, you don't have to ride on your ego. Not necessarily, but I, I ask you know, if we're talking like shoot, I'm I'm a smidge under five eight, you know, barefoot. Right now, I'm really fucking lean. I'm probably about 160, 65 pounds. I don't think I ever topped 190. You know, I think my biggest I ever was. I know 202 my whole career, never a day in my life. I was told my first match, every wrestler is 200 pounds. So, this old, like, so my first match, you know, it was my second match ever. Every wrestler is 200 pounds. And I'm like, 
was like a, I was probably like a buck fifty five at the time, right? And like fucking yeah. galleons cut out like speedos and borrow my buddy's boots and shit. And I'm wrestling a guy who's like legit like semi pro football player, like two twenty, you know, like fucking like linebacker dude. And all of his friends are in the front row at this little bar, right? And uh, Grumpy's in, in Minneapolis. So he weighed two hundred pounds. <laughs> Austin Aries, like I'm walking out. <laughs> And this whole front row of dudes go, two hundred pounds is just fucking riding my ass, fucking two hundred pounds and be like just the whole thing. And then I, you know, fucking good athlete, or whatever. And like, I turned the match on like a fucking drop kick, and then snapped off a front flip leg drop on his fucking dude's dome. And I just fucking looked at the guys; they're all like, "Whoa!" Like, but yeah, man. So is it? We all have to be two hundred pounds. So I've been two hundred two my whole fucking career. Right. But like, so dude, I'm like, you know. You know, five fucking, you know, five, eight, 160. And when you start listing the number of guys who have held world headweight championships, uh, you know, in my size, like it's not a long list because it's a hard fucking, like it's a hard road to fucking pave. And I'm not Daniel Bryan. I love Daniel Bryan. He's, he's fucking got a, uh, you know, his, his uh, EQ is, is you know, through the roof. Like I, I always felt like my IQ is pretty good. My EQ is where I suffer. My, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm an Aries dude. I'm an emotional cat. You know, I think that's, um, I don't, I don't hide from that. I'm a fiery dude. I'm, you looked at, you like read in my horoscope. I'm like fire on fire on fire on fire. I'm like all my sides, like everything's on fire. Oh, this guy, this guy's on fire. <laughs> so yeah. So, I mean, there's some of that. So, but I think again, again, when I went to TNA my first time, I didn't, I didn't, as much as like guys like Daniels pushed for it, they didn't want to put me with Daniels and AJ and Joe. They said, nah, you're, you make less money and you're with these guys. Like the X division. Yeah. yeah, and I, would, I came in as a former world champion, making X amount. And when I came in, they said, "No, nah, now you make this, and you're with these guys." And you know, not like I was, you know, long in the tooth, but I was 26, 27 compared to you know, 19, 20, 21, being lumped in with these guys. And I had, to f- I fought against that because that's not where or who I wanted to be. Hmm. And so, if I would have just accepted where Vince Russo thought I belonged, that that's where the fuck I would have been. And I had to tell guys like Vince along the way, like, "You got the wrong motherfucker." whatever you think I am, like you got the wrong dude. And if I need to leave and go prove it elsewhere and come back three years later and become a world champion, like I did, so be it, mm. you know? And I learned some things along the way too, you know, and, and, and you grow and you learn some things. Okay. Like, well, what do I need to do on my end? Cause you know, I always start with personal fucking responsibility as opposed to blaming everybody. So like when I did my first round of interviews post WWE and Jericho and this and that, everyone wants to hear you just fucking dish and just fucking dirt. I'm going to start with, I'm going to own, own my parts. Like, yeah, I wasn't really happy, for, you know, WWE for some reasons. And if they let me go and they set out, and this is what all the unnamed sources are saying that I was never told, well, I guess so. Like, I'll just own it because, you know, was I hard to work with with the writers? I mean, I guess because that procedure there of the creative is fucking painstaking and it's like pulling teeth. So when they hand me a script and say, say this, and I go, but I'd never say this like this. Can we switch some of this verbiage? And they can't just go, okay, I trust your professional thing. They have to go, well, I got to go ask Vince. And now their fucking asshole right. tightens up and they, you know, fucking scare their shadow and they got to walk back in the office. So having to deal with Aries, oh, fuck, he's going to fucking comb this thing over and probably want to change shit and have to go into Vince's, ah, oh, I fucking hate working with this guy. Not because I'm sitting there being difficult. And I, and I use this analogy and it's not, and this is not to fucking, what they do, they do better than anybody in the fucking world, Okay. McDonald's sold a fucking billion hamburgers. Mm. They don't want people there who are arguing and 
pitching ideas to make the buns taste better if we steam them. And, you know, we season these patties more. They're like, motherfucker, we sold a billion of these. We're going to sell another. Just flip the burger. Yeah. You just flip the burger. Yeah. Would you stop telling us about the, if we salt the fucking fries? Just dip the, put the fries in the thing. Right. I was the guy who was like, dude, you're, you're not a fucking, you're not here to be a gourmet chef. You're a line cook. Flip the fucking burger. We got to do more. We got 10 more burgers tomorrow. And then we got to do more burgers and then more burgers. And so I just think it was that, like, I enjoy creative process. Yeah, I'm an overthinker. I'm, you know, I want, yeah, I'm going to sit here and comb through this and, and, and pick these things apart. And in that environment, like, yeah, that's a pain. Yeah, I get it. You know, like, I wish someone just said, you know, or, or, you know, again, if all these things are these huge issues, like they were made out to be by unnamed sources, um, certainly any of those sources could have came to me or anybody could have came to me and, and said there was an issue. Um, I, I know I think there were some other issues in play. Uh, and, and, and there's always, you know, reasons and there's the reasons under the reasons, but I don't really, I don't, I don't like to talk speculation. Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to speculation why I think right. I was shown the door, but, um, you know, I will, I will talk about facts. I like facts. I, w- I want to bring it back to the bound for glory. Oh yeah. Bound for glory. Because we, we kind of got off a little off track there. Never, <laughs> never, ever. It, don't you think it's ever. important that. If the guy you're working the match with, with would know everything that's going on there, uh, John, John was John John. Uh, I'm, I had to, I mean, I just had to think about who knew everything. I knew, I, pretty sure John knew. Yeah, I wasn't specific about. I said pretty much said like, listen, dude, post match, like, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna basically f- fuck everybody off and walk to the back, and you can just kind of sit there like, what the fuck? That wasn't supposed to be end scene. <laughs> understand all right so so let's let, let's let's so let's go back so they tell me this hey we're, we we want to keep this on you i'd say maybe put on john now we we'll keep it on you this cool great whatever awesome we we do eight weeks of tv and with that is the end of the movie bad guy fucking prevails you know maybe a sequel um so you know one thing bret hart said is never never be a liar and even as a heel like you don't really, like your word mean has to mean something, especially over the course of a career. Like if you do, if you say something and you continually don't deliver, then your word has no value. So okay. I'm always very careful in my career of how I say things. Um, there's a way, there's a way to craft and say things and not say things. So I'll give you an example. Like I'm never going to, if I know I'm not going to win, I'm never going to tell you, Chris, I'm going to fucking beat you mm. on Saturday night. Because if I lose, then I'm, then my word means nothing. Okay. Chris, I'm going to fucking embarrass you on Saturday night. Ah. Yeah, I can argue I embarrassed you or didn't embarrass you. That's me. really interesting. Little yeah. nuanced context, right? Yeah. So when I walk in the ring to John and I say, you look the part, I am the part, you're going to spend a million dollars on your hair and your robe and your trunks. You're going to feel like after all your failures, this is finally your moment. You're going to walk in the bound for glory, your six-pack abs, you're going to have six-pack abs, and you're going to walk in there and think this is your night. And then I'm going to walk down the aisle in all black, black boots, black trunks. I'm going to walk in the ring. I'm going to beat you. I'm going to show you it doesn't matter what you look like when you walk in here. It matters who the fuck you are when you get in the ring. That was a promo. Mm. Well, when I found out less than a week or so before I was doing some media and I intuition, as they say, kicks in, I made a phone call to make sure everything was I'll do a bunch of media here, promote this. Everything still is planned or? Well, actually, champ, <laughs> we think we're going to do the title switch at the pay-per-view. And I was just like, motherfuckers. And like, I don't give a fuck about dropping the belt. I give two shits. I do care about the fact that, A, 
you're deciding this after we did eight weeks of TV, and now you just made me a liar for like probably the first time in my career. I told this gentleman to walk in and beat you. I just would have come in and said a million other things. Secondly, like I wasn't let into this whole change of plans. You had some long meeting to change it and didn't feel the need to bring me in, which is fine, but communication was an important part of our process. And now, instead of having a good match, you know, which is I feel like is a heel if I'm retaining, like, go have a good match that elevates your opponent. The moose match, right? You know, like that we had. It was like, which we did in like 12 minutes last time because the guys before us went over. That's cool. They got match of the year for it, so it's fine. If I took 12 minutes of someone else's match, I could probably get match of the year every night. Um, just saying. I know not going two or three minutes over your time, but how do you go 12 minutes over the semi-main? Unless you're just like, ah, fuck those guys. Yeah, you're getting time cues. You know, you'd think. But hey, just get your shit in, boys. Hey, hey, that guy's a world, you know, fuck world champ, and I'm here. <laughs> fuck it, be selfish, everybody. Sell your T-shirts. <laughs> fuck your opponent, sell your T-shirts. There, that should be and your the, new T-shirt. Well, no, because we're going to get to this. And so so they changed it around. I'm, I'm, it's, it's fine, it's whatever. I'm just I'm I'm put off by now what's becoming a lack of transparency and communication where that was what was most important in our relationship. So now I'm going, well fuck. Now instead of a good match, this has got to be a moment. And also like, you know, everything that they said is changing. So now I gotta start thinking about my situation. And so um okay, so I see John put the tweet out. Something made a comment about my height, midget, something, whatever it was, or it's cool. Like, you know, I don't, I'm not legit like sitting there like fuming. Like, I stopped growing a long time ago. I'm, I'm, you know, I've heard them all. It's good. Uh, <laughs> but I do find it odd in this overly sensitive time for um, telling anybody they're less than for, for anything, for, you know, being fat, for their, you know, sexual preference, for being anything, you know, which is very, very, uh, and, and I'm not, and I'm going to say it's a bad thing. Like, we're very in tune with, hey, like, we don't want to degrade people or, you know, it's not cool to demean anyone, especially for things that aren't in their control. Right. Except for height. Mm-hmm. If you're a short guy, fuck that. Like, that's the one thing it's still okay to dunk on. And I just find it interesting. Like, society's like, eh, eh, but short dudes, fuck those guys. Like, and, well, you can't compare that. And it's like, well, as an athlete, I've been told my whole life I'm not as good as other people because I'm smaller than him. I've literally been told a good big man beats a good little man every day. So you're literally telling me no matter how good I am, I'll always be inferior to someone who genetically has something I don't. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Where do you where and where does this line get drawn of distinction? Do little guys not get picked on more than big guys in school? I, I, do they, are they not bullied more? Are they not told in sports like, well, if you were this tall, we'd offer you the scholarship? I mean, these things do happen. That is interesting. Right? That it's not and a protected class. We don't talk about yeah. it, right? Because, well, then you're just a pussy. I'll get over it. Fucking Napoleon syndrome. Like, what? Napoleon syndrome mean you have to over... Like, listen, and I had this conversation with Matt Bloom once because basically I let Matt Bloom and, and, and Michael Hayes call my whole first match with Baron Corbin, which was the fucking shits. And uh, so... And I said to him afterwards, I said, you know, I said, I just did that because that was my first match and my test. And I just basically like, I said, I would never wrestle a match like that. You had me with an off the opening bell, charge that motherfucker. And why? Well, because you're mad. He ruins your moment. I'm like, yeah. So you run in a brick fucking wall. Right? I said, you think I got here by being stupid? I was like, I was like, Matt, I was like, you're six foot eight. How many times have you ever, ever fought a guy a foot taller than you in your life? Right. So I have a bunch of six foot eight guys telling a five foot eight guy how to win a fight. Yeah. See, it doesn't make any sense, dude. I was like, the reason I've been in my position is because I've never put myself in a position to look small. If I go run the guy and start trying to over, I've only done it one match, Samoa Joe, 
Why? Because it made sense in the context of all the different styles people had tried before. Shock and all this and that, whatever. But I knew it would fail there. But in this point, I'm not going to, the way I get back at this dude is I outsmart him, outclass him, outwrestle him, because that's where I got this guy beat every day of the week. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go outfight him, outpower him. So I'm going to run to this guy to get flung, just to get flung back like a piece of shit. And then, and then it was suggested later uh, that I hop on, do you hop on his back? fucking hate that spot because what happens to the guy of oh, fucking booger on my back like every time and it's but i did it but my whole contention was like why you know like when you walk in a room at six foot eight you command a different attention and respect than i do at five foot eight mm-hmm. and i have to earn that sometimes sure and so that's you know when people talk about it, it's like well there's a reason for it it's not i didn't i didn't ask this for me i would have loved to just been the fucking class clown happy-go-lucky fucking goofy dude but then that guy gets fucked with because he's small and then you have a choice to make. And this is what you get when you make the choice and go, no, I don't want to be fucked with my whole life. Like, right. fuck you. You know? And so, yeah, there's a part of that. But, like, it, you know, that's, it's earned. But so my whole point of my tweet yeah. was to point out this hypocrisy. And, like, it's cool. Like, you can't make fun of fat people even though that's a fucking choice at the end of the day. But short isn't a choice. But that's fucking, that's free game still. And, you know... I'm not overly sensitive to it. I was trying to make a point to it. And so the tweet I crafted made the point. And I used the word husky about his wife. And I used it about his gay look, which I didn't know was homophobic. Like, I thought I was using it as a descriptive. Kind of like Elton John. He's got a couple looks, like his normal look and his gay look. I wish I could pull off the gay look like Elton John. Well, it's different because Elton John's gay, though. Yeah. But, but, yeah okay. That, but that's, I, that's definitely different. I showed about 12 of my friends pictures of John Morrison. And, I mean, you don't think fucking half of them are going to think the guy might be gay? The difference is he's not gay. I didn't say he was gay. I said it was a gay look. Yeah, it's in, in this in it's 2019. You can't. You can't. It's a gay look. That. That, that's not. Who's not? To, who's to say that a gay look isn't a good thing? Well, Why I, is it a negative? I suppose it's open for interpretation. If I say, "Oh, he kind of looks gay," now do you have an image in your head? I mean, I mean, we do, right? But why? Yes, but, my, but, my, but gay my, people I mean, come in all shapes and sizes. Of course and forms, they do, though. But we know that. Okay, but if. Have you ever seen a straight? Have you ever seen a guy just totally like looks totally gay? I know what you're saying. My point was, I was very careful and very thought out on stepping on those words, but I wasn't offending anybody. I didn't disparage anybody. I didn't. If I didn't say I'm not going to wrestle this dude because he looks gay, that's totally and fucking appropriate. That's fucking homophobic. That's fucked. To comment like, "Oh, you're gay," look like, "Yeah, you look gay." Like, "Oh, you're not." Well, you look like you are. Maybe it's the fucking hair or the shit. That used to be a, yeah, you make fun of a guy because, oh, you're fucking gay. Like, it's, we're not there anymore. But no. if I point, but I knew if I, I couldn't get the outrage if I didn't step on the word. Right. But you can't use the word in an offensive <clears throat> way because you got to think on Twitter, we don't use context. We just see the word and go, oh my God, gay. <laughs> we don't read context. So I mean, if I read the whole fucking tweet, they said, oh my God, husky wife, gay, fucking re- retard. The R word. The R word. I didn't even, I literally didn't know it was, I didn't know it had graduated the R word. Oh, yeah. Until yeah. then, I fucking never got the memo. I, and I really didn't know. And I'm not trying to be insensitive. Like, I grew up in a time where, like, that was just idiot, moron, retard. Like, that wasn't extra offensive. And it had, like, what happens when we run out of fucking letters? Can I have A? I want to be the A word. I, like, I'm so offensive. Like, you can't, you won't even want to say my name anymore. You, like, oh. I mean, we might be getting to that point I, here. I'm going to try the end of this interview. How much time we got? Yeah, oh, I don't know. I got 30 minutes yet. <laughs> oh, we had to do this interview with A word. Fucking A word, A word. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so listen, so I put that tweet out and, 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 and being that I'm not really a dick, um, I buzzed John like right before I, I 
text him. I said, hey, dude, like I saw your your tweet or whatever, and I thought about writing this for a response, but I know how women are, and if you think the wife would, would feel any way about this, just fucking whatever. I'll come up with something else. Like, no big deal. And uh, and this sucks that I'm like, and, the, and let me just, like, can I just stop and pause this? I hate that pro wrestling and social media has gotten to a point that I have to actually disclose like one of the fucking greatest works ever just so people don't think I'm unprofessional and can't get work. Like it fucking like one of my best friends, like he was so disappointed in me. Like, cause like, he's like, fuck him. Like, just let, like do the, like, it's like, yeah, but dude, like there's a certain point in this day and age where like clinging to the work, like it's only working. Like it doesn't work anymore mm. because people don't think there's no work in anybody. It's either it's real. It's either we know it's work or it's real. Yeah, it's black or white. So now. yeah, there's no payoff. Like, there was no payoff for me perpetuating. Like, it's easy for me to double down on what people think about me. Like, after this comes out in, 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 in WWE and all these trouble and this and that, well, you don't think it was really easy to do something at the end of that match to make everybody go, oh, there's fucking Aries again doing it. Oh, see, there he is. Like, you lean into what, like, okay, well, if this is what everyone thinks, then this is going to be easy to make them think this, mm. right? Yeah. And so... I put the tweet out there. So you reached out to John and told just, him this just was text happening. Him, hey, dude, okay. what do you think of this? I don't want to get him any real heat with his wife. Like, you know, just 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 from a husband wife thing. Like, sure. Oh, he put this out there. Like, why would you? You know, like, and I like. So if you think she, you know, and they and he's like, no, we both read it. Like, she thinks it's hilarious. Like, put it out there. Like, okay. So I put the tweet out there. Okay, with his okay. Yeah. Just gave him the heads up. Like, I didn't need his blessing, but as a professional courtesy, and as like I, you know, I had no issue with John. Like. Like, hey, dude, I'm not trying to cause you any heat with the wife. I'm being sensitive. I'm not a dick. But I think this would be a good response. Put it out there and did not quite expect it to catch the fucking. But yeah, I think was I it did. like instantaneous? Pretty much because within 30 minutes, I got a call from fucking Don going, hey, champ, uh, we got a problem here. Or? I was like, <laughs> not you too, Don. Jesus fucking Christ. I was like, does anybody get what we do anymore as a fucking work? Like, for fuck's sake, we all know it's a work, but nobody knows it's a work. Like, we all know it's work, but not that austerities guy. That shit's real. <laughs> so I was like, dude, like, he's like, well, I just, he's like, well, maybe you just take the tweet down because of some of the language. And if, if this was real and I was like, all right, tell him to take his tweet down too and call me a fucking midget or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would think that everything can be a work as long as it's within the parameters of, of what? Of words that aren't sensitive words i guess I, that's probably what it is husky is not a sensitive word husky wife that's not that's I, that's that was one everyone's most offended by retard i mean okay that, cool that one's that, yeah. that's that's and I mean, if you had said flamboyant instead of gay then would, nobody would have talked about it and the tweet never happened chris you gotta understand mm. how this works if i say flamboyant and big boned or voluptuous and you're uh, uh <laughs> mentally <laughs> mentally, <laughs> mentally challenged Scroll through it, man. Right. You got to understand how this shit works. Sure. And what motivates these people. I'll stand behind. I didn't disparage anybody. I made a point. And to my point, everyone jumped on me with a bunch of fucking really nasty shit to cut on my size and my height to prove that, oh, that's cool. But I've been making reference to these things. And I haven't used them in a, in, a, in a disparaging way. I didn't even use them in a context to be mean-spirited. Like, by the way, I like husky women. And who's to say? Maybe that was a compliment. Fuck, I like, you know. Um, I mean, for a vegan, I don't mind a little meat on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, right? He does like good I stand oh, up I should do that. that. Like, uh, if all comedians aren't pieces of shit like Tom Garland. Hey, Tom, you got mentioned in my video. Don't worry, the cops will be coming for you soon. Wow. Yeah, I've got that arrest warrant out for stealing shit from my house. But yeah, we'll talk about that another time. 
Um, so yeah, I put the tweet out. It blew and then up. TMZ once and this, again. And this is why it was good. To, it was good to tell the Hemi story first because, like, now mind you, I'm I book for my deal. You pay me flat rate. I'll cover my travel. I get there. Like I'm there. I'm good. Oh, okay. Like, like, wow. Hey, less work for you. You don't fuck my travel up. Give me discount tickets. I fly my carrier of choice. Wow. I book I've actually never hotels. heard a deal like that. It's the dumbest shit ever. Like, why don't more guys do that, guys? Why are you letting all these dudes book your fucking spirit air? So you're saying you, you <laughs> here's your all in. Here it is. All ex- so you're saying you take a little more, you more money up front, an extra X wow. amount, and it's like, there's my price. What time you need me there? And then you fly yourself in because if I need to change something or if I yeah. want to stay a day, you probably get burned sometime where you're like, oh, that flight's nine hundred dollars. No, I mean, oh, okay. I, I say it like I say it evens out, dude. Sometimes I'll, I'll maybe make a little more. Sometimes, you know, it costs me a little more, but a lot of times, you know, lucky enough, like the merch kind of offsets travel costs and my, my rate's my rate. So, right. you know, whatever, like I got a pretty good idea what tickets are. I mean, I kind yeah. of quick, you know, I'm going to get a book and you quick buzz and look at what, what they're at and you just factor it in. But for me, like I figure that's one less thing this guy has to worry about. And listen, I've had too, well, too many fucking nightmares of shitty travel or you got to change a flight or this guy's booking you bullshit three fucking connections and shit it's like i'm just going to chicago to fucking ohio like you, you kidding me like we're going to cleveland you get three connections like, well there were three connections to get there uh <laughs> to where it's just like and for them they're like oh that's great and so and, and it works it, it works out for everybody less work for them and for me it's peace of mind i get to keep my fucking status with my one air carrier i know the hotels now you know, yeah, yeah you know it's just i think it's a smart way to do it i started doing that and i'll never go back um, so, but with this, I wasn't really told that I should come in an extra day early for media or for the hall of fame. So I booked my flight to come in the day early, not two days early. Mm. So I got a call saying, Hey, uh, champ, uh, TMZ picked up on this and they want to bring Johnny and, and tie on. Uh, and my initial thought was, Oh, that's fucking great, dude. Like, fuck, man, yeah, TMZ fine. live. And then my second thought was, Oh, how funny how that comes full circle. To where the fucking vehicle used to bury me all fucking uh, bound for, you know, all those years back. Uh, is no, uh, I'm, anyway. So they went and did that and, you know, buried me on fucking tele- national television again where people don't know that. And so and that's good. Um, and so then said, had this idea for doing this little thing at the Hall of Fame ceremony, you know. Um, and so like just Don, myself, a couple people knew about that, went and did that, which I fucking got pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, like contract stuffs now, like they sent me an extension instead of like the long term deal they had said. They sent it last minute, like when I'm flying over. It's kind of an old negotiating tactic that I've been a party to. Wait till the you know 48th hour and then put them in a corner, and now you got to make a decision, right? Right. Um, unfortunately, this time I wasn't blinking, mm. and so I sent them back and said, "Hey, just draw something up that gets us through TV." Cause I'm not going to sign on for the same terms for another three or six months. I said, we've had, I said, we, we waited all this time and all this shit's changing. And so my intention was, you know, basically again, I had no problem dropping the title, but my thing is I need to create a moment for this dude. Like we don't have any moment. We don't have, mem- we have a lot of good matches. I've got a fucking 15 years of good matches. I don't, you know, yeah, I, I could have a good match with you right now. He would clear this table out. We'd have a good, probably match. not with me. I guarantee it. <laughs> you flexible. I can bump. No, I actually train. I, mean, I actually train. And that's for you bump. I actually train to be a wrestler. And, See, we'll be we'd have yeah. a great match. But my point is this. Like, you know, a lot of guys are folks and have good matches. And I want to create moments and shit remember. I want to I want to pull on people's emotions. And I want to make people believe. Right. And a lot of times when I think of a match like this, you know, a title change, you know, I'm thinking, 
I want to pick what I think is my opponent's weak weakness, chink in his armor, and then I want to basically strengthen it, hmm. right? So, like, when I thought about John, I was like, I mean, this guy's got everything, right? Looks great, fucking super athletic. You know, he's got a quirky, charming personality. Like, but the one thing I'll say, like, for his athletic and, and all this cool shit can he do, like, is he mean? Hmm. If I go spit in his wife's face, what's he going to do? Hey, man, that's not cool. Or is he going to fucking fight me? Like, what happens when this shit hits a fan? If this dude's going to be the world champion, is he tough? Like, mm. he can fight. Let me see, like, nasty. I've never seen that side. Let me pull Let me see if I pull that shit out. Because if I pull that out, right. there's, no, there's, there's, not, there's no fucking chinks, right? Yeah. That's one thing. I go, you're this, you're this, you're this. But are you that? And then he is that. Yeah. Go, well, fuck, okay. You're the champ. Right. So my whole thing was I make this personal. You know, and, and, and now we're not going to have a wrestling match. Like, can you fight me? So that was really the mindset of it. And like, and so kind of now instead of having a good match, like create, just really focus on the emotion of it and trying to create this moment for him. And so we kind of get this whole thing where, you know, we have disagreements on television creative of what they wanted me to do and then what the follow-up was and what I thought, I just didn't think it was beneficial for me, for the guys that they had behind me. I didn't think it was well thought out. I didn't think they had a really good plan. And I didn't feel obligated to sign anything to do those televisions if I didn't feel comfortable. Because it wasn't just me, but also the two other guys that, you know, that were connected to me. That if you're undermining me or it's, it's hurting them. So I just kind of said, listen, guys, like, A, I shouldn't show up. on If I lose the title after talking shit, I shouldn't show up a week later anyway and talk more shit. Right. It'd disappear for a while. The show could probably use some freshening up and just get me off TV for a bit. Let these guys carry the shit for a few weeks. It's good. Let me go lick my wounds. Let me come back. Like, you know, like first off, I was like, so I cannot be there Monday. I was like, and honestly, like, just keep me off for a month. You know, or, or, you know, originally it was like, keep me off at least two weeks. Have me come back week three, you know, or week four. And, and, and but, um, but uh, ultimately it was just the decision made. All right. Or, and this was for TV. We'll get to the, the end of the, the match, but it was just like, I'll go home. We got four weeks to figure out the contract, but leading up to it. So now we we're kind of going in this without really having a contract in place. So effectively, like when this match is done, I don't really have anything. Yeah. So my idea was, listen, like I want to leave with some fucking buzz. I want to leave with some controversy. I want to do something that gets people's attention. And so that we have, you know, there's a payoff here. So I didn't feel like we built this whole feud on the premise of the different ending of the movie. So it felt like, you know, was, so I felt like there was, we had one more, like we have a rematch, like we can, but if I leave with some buzz, like, like you said earlier, man, you have great shows, but if no one knows they're happening, does it matter? Sure. And like that cruise is killing it, man. We're going out there fucking every show and fucking killing it. And like, well, is anyone watching? Yeah. So, you know, my thought was like, all right, so I'm going to play off a little bit of reality, Right. Everyone thinks there's this major heat with me and John. Yeah. Like legit heat. Legit yeah. heat with me and him. Yeah. And like, and understand this, dude. Like, I've I've been uh, malcontent and, and enough in my life to know what that feels like to be legitimately angry and salty about shit. Sure. Um, I, I wasn't at all, but I was able to fucking, for the minute I got there that day, just fucking harness it and radiate it. Because you know what? Like, you have to be working for the minute you get at the building because all the marks now are in the back. So you're Those working are, the boys. They're not the boys. They're all the unnamed sources. <laughs> so they can be put over in all the sheets. Let's just call it like it is. And, and a lot of times it's not the boys. Wow. It's it's indie guys or extras or dudes that flame out in two months or two years. 
we didn't, we didn't, you know, when you open the curtain up, you let everybody in, everybody, even people who shouldn't be in, mm. right? People who should be buying tickets. So yeah, you have to like, you have to be working. I'm not working the boys. I'm at work. Mm. And work doesn't start when you walk out of the curtain because those aren't the only fucking people you got to work anymore. Because if all the, le- the leaks aren't coming from the fucking people buying tickets, it's from all the fucking boys. Mm. So yeah, so when I talked the match out with John and I'm going, yeah, man, it's going to be cool. But you know what? And then with this and I'm doing these hand gestures and, all yeah, right, and I yeah. walk away for a minute and I come back and go like this and I'm doing this shit to him like this. Anybody not with an earshot yeah, that's yeah. sitting over there, fuck, man. Yeah. These guys are really, I've been doing that for years. It's how yeah. you talk to someone in, in the bar after the show when there's marks around. We know it's not real. It doesn't mean we have to remind them it's fucking fake every 10 minutes. Like there's a way if you put a little thought in it to still like, Letting them maybe, I think some of them want to believe the magic. If you went keep telling them that you aren't really sawing the bitch in half every five minutes. And it's little shit of just like at a bar and going off the guy and go, hey man, thanks a lot for the match tonight. You know, I appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow. Safe travels. But everybody knows it's not real anymore though. Do they? Why are we sitting, then why are we sitting here talking about Bound for Glory last year? Oh, this is interesting that the you why, say that. If, every, if everybody knows, that's why they must know I must really be an asshole. I must really be unprofessional because we all know. So there's no way that this was, we couldn't be worked. Hmm. We can't be worked, so this guy, it's either, and that was the, that was the convention was afterwards. Well, it's either a stupid idea or it's real. Because hmm. we can't be worked. Right? We all know it's, we all know it's fake, right? Then why we even, ha- then why is everyone asking me these questions? You all know what's going on, then why are you asking me? Or, or is, or is, am I supposed to only, am I supposed to use your rules of engagement to work you? Oh, but you can't do these things because that's not what we think is going to happen. That's interesting. Because, you know, Conor McGregor didn't roll around laying on the mat for 30 seconds after his match with, you know, Khabib, right? Khabib, yeah. He had to get up and just fight again. So he like, hopped in the cage afterwards, right? He wasn't. So my thought is everyone thinks after a match you're supposed to do this. Roll around in agony and act in there. Yeah. You ever been in a real fight? Or Once. You ever watch MMA? Yeah. What happens after the fucking bells? They fucking sit there and sell and lick all their wounds? Uh, depends how badly injured they were, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Starship pain looked like a devastating move. Well, you tell me. Hey, Libby, come here. <laughs> the cat. Well, I mean, I can throw her on you for a second, see how it feels. <laughs> what about the, what oh, about so, flipping off Dawn as you're walking out? What do the smart marks know? They know that Dawn's in charge, right? And he's also in commentary. <laughs> That's something Austin Aries would do. Mm. And I knew the camera would be right there for fucking Scott right when I came in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And my whole thing was, there you go. There's your fucking boy now. That's what you wanted. Yeah. Now let's see what he's got. Let's see if he can do for him or for someone else what I just did for him. So now you go through the curtain. What happens? Well, I said the camera was there. Yeah. Because I knew that was going to be there for that. They, they released the unseen backstage footage. Oh, they was back there. And I said, and I told Scott, I said, not of all this. And I said, I'm the only one that's fucking professional in all this. And Scott goes, if you got to tell somebody you're professional, you're not professional. Great fucking line. Like, that's good. <laughs> but legit, like, I'm looking at it like this, Chris. First of all, the plan was to have me come back. Hey, good guys, we got a month now before you guys come to my hometown in Vegas. Let's figure out this fucking contract deal. Let's figure out the right way to fucking have me come back and, and do this. Like, whatever, yeah. you know? Um, we got a month now instead of putting me everyone in the corner and back, nah, fuck that. And, and they just dropped the ball. They just didn't, they waited the last minute to basically put the same offer in front of me that had been in front of me before. And with everything that had gone down, I just, my counter was 
let me come and be in creative. You guys are undermanned. You know, you got guys like, you know, Sanjay's leaving, Abyss is leaving. Let me come and be in creative. Mm. Look at all. I said, no offense, guys, but I did more in a week with a fucking tweet than you guys did in eight weeks of TV. Imagine if you had told me in the beginning what you guys were going to do. It's right. Have me scramble at the end. I was like, yeah, I'm just here to help. I'm not, I don't want to be a decision maker. I'm an ideas guy. You know, it's, you know, and, but they, they passed on that for a conflict of interest or, or threatened by my acumen or whatever the, the, the real reason was. And that's cool. And so it's like, if I'm offering my time as a compromise, you're not being able to pay me what I'm worth and you don't think that's valuable, then, you know, I just kindly around December or whatever, uh, uh, after I just declined on, on the contract and just told him I was just going to kind of let it ride and do my thing. And, and I got to be honest, like with all the respect to all the talent there, like nothing that they've done as a company since has made me regret the decision. And if anything, it tells me I made the right one and how much, um, in a lot of ways, um, I think I was, uh, kind of holding some of that shit together uh so well i know we never say uh, never in the world of wrestling but it doesn't seem like the door is open in impact maybe i, I, I don't know, think they're not closed i okay. mean I, like so is the, the door here, so here's the thing okay. here's the all right let me just say this okay so the funny part so i i leave there first of all i thought the match was awesome one of my favorite matches ever like i said dude like we, like I had people going like, man, that's one of my favorite matches. Like, like, like a fight. Like you guys are actually trying to hurt each other. Novel concept, mm. novel concept. We were actually trying to fucking hurt each other and didn't like each other. We sold emotion. Wow. These guys, we know wrestling's fake, but these guys really don't like each other. Guys, there's a way to do it, guys. There was a way to do it. Um, John, it was one of his favorite matches ever he had, you know, and you know, I told him before I went out there, Hey dude, like I got nothing but respect for you. Nothing but love. So just knowing anything happens out there is just because we're putting on a good show. <laughs> you know, yeah. no bad intent behind there. Uh, it was a good thing because there were some some live rounds. We went and put a good fucking show. Um, but here's the thing, dude. Um, I got up. One, two, three, four, five, six. I got up. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. I walked to the back. I did that. Now, in the week after that moment, okay. First of all, I'm gonna say this. I left with more value than I actually walked into the match with. For sure. Right. As, as a guy who just lost clean in the middle of the ring, I left with value. You definitely had more people talking about buzz you. and value yeah. as a, as a loser than maybe even arguably I had walking in that. So that was good. Um, secondly, uh, yeah, if there was a rematch now immediately had value mm -hmm. to where most rematches are kind of whatever. So I thought, okay, we have, we have intrigue. We've got value retained here, which if I never come back, at least I had value walking out the door um but there was over a million oh, a million views in the next week of that clip that's the name of the game mm. how many of those people had no idea that show happened or john morrison was there austin aries who the fuck he is or a lot of people yeah and so my thing was like guys like if that's the last thing i ever do here and i told him this if that's the last thing i ever do here i'll take the fucking you know, villainize me it's fine i'm a heel like it's my gift like I wasn't trying to shit on John's moment. And I think like, oh, you shit on his moment. <sighs> Name me one title match switch you remember. When's the last title switch you remember? Off the top of my yeah, head? Off the top of your head right now. Last one. Memorable one. Quick. Well, the, one. the Fiend just won the title. Okay. Well, that was big. When did you see it? It was last month. Okay. Yeah. How many title, how many in the history, like title switches do you remember? I mean, there's the, you're right. You remember the big ones. You remember that one? You remember Bound for Glory, John Morrison title switch? Well, 
people are going to remember this for sure. I, I wanted to create a moment. So people say that I ruined his moment. I actually, I created one in a way, but it was your moment. You took it the moment from John, our moment. That's why I looked at it because that wasn't supposed to be the end. again. I guess just for you know, for and now, me. And now and now I was and and so I pitched even even after we agreed that the contract thing wasn't uh, going to happen. I pitched the idea they had homecoming in Nashville, and I said, "Well, hey man, like I'm still cool to do business. I just don't want to sign a fucking long contract. And we, there's still like there's still payoff here." <clears throat> so I pitched the idea at the end of homecoming after the pay per view. Uh, or after the main event match, you know what? I don't like screw finishes. Like after the match is done, these guys are laying there selling. And I hopped the fucking guardrail from the crowd, and I was like, "Don't tell anybody. Let me start fucking beating up John." I said, "Send the cops in and fucking arrest me. Just fucking, you know, fucking bail me." Bail wow. Me. I was like, "Dude, that will fucking get major buzz. We'll keep it. We'll just stoke the flame a little bit." I said, sure. I always want to get a payoff. It wasn't supposed to be about me, dude. But you have to understand this: in the position they put me in, I had to protect myself some way. And so I felt I did it in the best way possible to where not only did I leave some value for myself, and yeah, I leaned into what everyone thinks, so it was easy. Of course, he's an asshole. But I left with buzz and value to hopefully then come back. I also like, dude, how many times have a million people watched, tuned in and watch anything that fucking company's done? No offense, I'm just saying, like, that's the name of the game. I'm always thinking that. What do I do that tomorrow people are going to be talking about it? You know, for me, it's about, you know, the role I have to play in that sometimes is, is the one that I played. And I've sure. accepted it for a long time. I think, even though, but, you know, when, when uh, what does they say, uh, you know, art imitates life, uh, you know, it's, it starts to be, you know, it's when people start believing, he's like, I'm supposed to be selling this to make people believe, but yeah. then when they actually start to believe, like, ah, fuck, you're not really, but you guys knew this wasn't real. So, well, with that said, and as we, this is, we this is by far the longest interview we've ever done, oh, man. So thank you for hanging Holy on. Shit. We haven't hit half the stuff, um, which is crazy. We haven't hit like half the notes I gave you. Bro. <laughs> I know. Woo. If you, if you want to say, you know, you want people to be, you know, remembering you tomorrow, what, what are you looking forward to? What's next mm. for you? If we look ahead here. It's a good question, man. I, I'm, uh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> that was an abrupt switch. You're like, oh, we got fucking 11 minutes left. <laughs> Of audio time. This is just well, a, we talked a lot about the Bound for Glory thing. This is a dry run you know. too. We're gonna. This is just a test run. We're gonna do this whole thing again too. In <laughs> Ten minutes. We're just. We're just trying this out. Um, we got this bells in the background. We gotta. We gotta edit that out. Uh, it's the cat. That's yeah, the cat. Around. Just kidding. Liberace. So I got uh, adopted oh. it from. She was living at uh, the Neon Museum here in town, and they'd taken her a few years back. Um, if she was a stray, she used to be a pet. But it was a stray. They named named her Liberace, and then found out she was a girl. So, so it's so Libby. Libby, but I say she's actually. I've, we've spoken about it, and she she you and the cat. Yeah, she yeah. identifies as a gay man, even though she's <laughs> oh, a female. Geez. So she's a little gender confused, but I, I respect her. I respect it. You've got call Liberace and let her do her thing. Well, what's next for you and Libby? <laughs> <laughs> Probably nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you and Libby could go on tour. <laughs> she doesn't like me that much. Yeah, she's you know she's like she's a little like me. She's like <clears throat> people. Um. No, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, I just, I did a lot of miles after, after the WWE year, you know, just, you know, I got, you know, basically my 90 days I rehabbed, you remember, you know, got healthy enough. That was interesting. I we even talk about that. <laughs> um, 
I did 225,000 miles uh, the year after. And so, wow. you know, coming to this year, I, I, you know, just been working on some other things outside of wrestling. Um, you know, I've been training with Frank Muir, uh, who I think you're, you're going to go get an interview with him in a little bit. Um, yeah. Kind of made friends with him out here over the last couple of years. And yeah, he wants to get into wrestling. He, yeah. He kind of expressed that. And I was like, well, if you're serious, man, like you, you definitely going to make some money if you want. And, uh, you know, so, you know, he had to get past the Roy Nelson fight and I kind of, tagged along as his training partner for that and um and we got past that and you know he, he did great and, and and he's all intact and so now we, yeah we're gonna get through the holidays and and see what's out there and it seems like right now there's a lot of crossover in in uh, the world of pro wrestling and and i think you know frank fits right in there and you know for me if that's something that he ends up doing and we've even talked about maybe uh you know a little tag team stuff uh okay would be an interesting scenario but i don't know man I, the mlw stuff was fun uh you know i, I enjoyed my time there uh, i know that they you know like to talk about having me come back. Um, you know, I've had other places reach out. Uh, I know, hard to believe. Um, but yeah, I've had places reach out and just kind of see where, where I'm at. And, uh, you know, it was good. I, I always say this, you know, the equation of life that we've agreed on is that we all work really hard to save our money up to buy our time back. Mm, that's right. Wow. And we save our money to buy our that's time back. That's pretty powerful. And so I worked my ass off really hard for a long stretch. And, you know, I figured this year I kind of bought some of my time back. And I, yeah, didn't, yeah. I didn't feel the need to work every weekend or, you know, just take a bunch of bookings. I, I, I did some other stuff and enjoyed life a little bit this year. And, and you know, I bought this house and, and yeah, congratulations. Just, oh, on that. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, you know, it's a cool little spot here in, in uh, downtown. I want to do, you know, do some cool stuff here. And I think that's one cool thing about, you know, I think one thing a lot of fans don't understand is first of all, like not everyone's motivated by money or fame or being on TV and shit like that, you know, and, uh, and then also once you've achieved certain goals, like there's more to life than that. And, and, and that the cost associated sometimes with those things isn't worth it. Mm. and um for me like i love being my own boss you know like i like uh, i don't like being fined fucking two thousand dollars for smoking something that's legal in my state that helps me with my pain management i don't like being shaken down by a corporation for smoking weed yeah like wwe does to their performers it's right. bullshit. right especially if it's legal especially if it's legal yeah. especially especially if it's honestly if you're looking at all the things we could be doing in a pain management business and medicinal uh, cbd and marijuana is leaps and bounds above anything else that they're giving people so you know again i don't i don't i don't like playing by fucking other people's rules if i disagree with them and well, you know what that's clear listen yeah. man like i have no wife i have no kids and I know a lot of my colleagues, I've said this time and time again, I give them a lot of credit because they don't necessarily feel or think differently, but they just got to strap on the fucking work boots to go make the paycheck because they have other people count on them. And I have a little more liberty and freedom to maybe stand up and say some of those things out loud that they can't. And for whatever reason, like that's the role I've been given in life and I accept it and there's, you know, bad shit comes with it. And it's not that a lot of these other colleagues and I've been told, hey man, like, you know, we appreciate what you do or whatever, you know. I'm sure a lot of them think I'm a complete prick too. You know, that's fine. Uh, if you're if you're universally loved, there's something wrong with you. I do take pride in the fact that like the only thing Jim Cornette and Vince Russo agree on is they both fucking hate me. And that should be like an award. Like they should give that award out every year for like the the one personality that's so like just so polarizing, but yet still dead in the center that Jim Cornette and Vince Russo can't stand them. Like only thing these fucking guys agree on. Oh, then wrestling sucks if they're not a part of it. Those are the two things they agree on. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah. Do, will you get more views if I take my shirt off and smoke this joint? Cause I know, what, I know that's what Vince Russo I know did, that, right? That's what Russo tried. Yeah. Hey bros. So I'm going to, I told you I was going to smoke this marijuana on camera, bro. <laughs> mm. <laughs> ah, bro. I don't know. Ah, 
I hope Vince Russo sees this. I Vince, come fucking hang out and have a drink. I the funny thing is, like all these guys shit talk. Like I don't have any like bad will against these guys, but like yeah. a lot of it's with dudes. It's like you know, like I can do your job, but you can't do mine. I don't say it to be a dick, but it's like you know, without pro wrestlers putting their bodies on the line, like what are you fucking right about, or what do you manage? Who are you gonna manage? That's... Who you, gonna, you know, so like just throw some respect on the on the fucking backs of the guys who actually can go and do it. Yeah, it's not to demean all the parts we play, but when guys have this flipping attitude that somehow they're fucking superior, it's like, you ain't never fucking had a match. And I even say this to the, 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 the dirt sheet writers, and this is not to call anyone out specifically, but like, how can you be an expert of something you've never fucking done? Yeah. How can your opinion hold more weight than the opinion of someone who's actually done it? Like sure. calling a match with someone, negotiating a match with someone is fucking an art and difficult. Like then going and performing that match and all the factors that go into that. Like there's a lot that goes into these things that if you've never done it, it's like, can you imagine like being a baseball player and being a fucking uh, never being a baseball player, but I'm an expert on pitching. Like you may be an expert on physics and, yeah. and spin, but like there's a lot of things that you just innately could never be an expert on if you've never actually done it. And also if you grade every match on the scale that it's supposed to be the WrestleMania main event, I think it's being disingenuous to, to match ratings. Cause if my, if my job was to go out there match two in eight minutes was to put this guy over super strong right. and get the crowd, you know, super behind him, And I did that perfectly. That's a five-star match. Yeah. Cause I wasn't asked to go out there and give you fucking 15 false finishes and oh my gods, <laughs> but the guys start wrestling because they think that's the only kind of match that has any value. Cause if it's not that match, then it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, that's fucking bullshit. Because that's some guy that's never had one fucking star match or a two-star match or a three-star match or a four-star match or a five-star match. He's had no fucking matches. <laughs> that's right. So his scale goes over here with all the people that never had matches. Yeah. Which you can be a great pundit and you can be a great critiquer. You can be super knowledgeable. You can love it and be passionate and have all the fucking insider information. And I'm not discounting any of that and fucking build it and put your time in. And, and awesome. Like you've earned all that. However... If you've never put boots on and gone in the ring and done it, if you never called a match out and then performed it, and this isn't to demean anything, it's to say there's a part of it you can never truly understand. Yeah. And that's coming from a guy who was the biggest wrestling fan of anyone I knew in my whole life, my whole fucking life, for 22 years. I knew everyone's name. I knew everything about everything about wrestling. I knew everything about wrestling. Everything about wrestling. And then I had my first week of wrestling school and realized I didn't know fucking shit about yeah. pro wrestling. Yeah. This has been a really interesting conversation. <laughs> we only scratched the surface, bro. Which is crazy. Maybe we should just have a show. We want to, should we just have a fucking TV show? Sure. I don't know. Do you, the Austin and Chris show? You, really? You'd let me put, put my name first? You'd have That's to. That's really fucking crazy. No one's tuning in to see me. Are you kidding me? I, I, have no. No, I have like two fucking YouTube subscribers. Well, you have you have far more Instagram followers. Yeah, but they're, I, but they're, I think all catfish who send me like nude pictures and ask for ones back. Like, what? come on, people. Does that, does that work? I don't. It, I'm, I'm That's in, the blue it? check mark. I want to. So you know. <laughs> so you know, Mardi Gras beads is one of my. One of my. If anyone takes this, it was one of my bits for stand up. You know, I, Mardi Gras beads, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm gonna make blue check mark necklaces. That's interesting. What do you think? You throw Mardi Gras beads at chicks, they throw. They show <laughs> your tits. If you throw in the blue check mark necklace, they show your pussy. Wow. There you right? go. That's what the blue che unsolicited <laughs> pussy pictures. That's right, guys. We, Keep striving for the verified blue check mark if that's what you're missing in hey, your life. Some of these ladies are terrible photographers. I've got one. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I had to ask, like, what is this? Your ear? Holy shit. Like, why why so why'd you give me the close-up? Is this your ear? And I realized, holy shit, that is an ear, but it wasn't hers. <laughs> we did everything this interview. Uh, holy shit. Uh, I want to thank you. Oh man. And thank you for inviting me into your I appreciate home. Appreciate it, man. I, 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 thanks for coming out. Uh it, 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 
we, I should say I got this to kind of facilitated through um, a friend who hooked me up with uh, bioaccelerator stem cell. Me and Frank are going down to get some stem cell uh, yeah, yeah. procedures done for my neck finally, hopefully to get that fixed up, get all the strength fully back in here. And uh, But yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, I just want to give that a little shout out, bioaccelerator. We're going to go down to Medellin, Colombia next week and, and hopefully get uh, fixed up. A lot A lot of the WB guys and, and other pro athletes, MMA guys, uh, have been going down and, and having great results. They're, they're doing stuff like CTE and shit too, which I think is cool. Yeah, obviously we got our heads bumped around. So yeah, looking forward to that and that kind of like facilitate this. And you're, yeah, yeah. you're like super cool to just be like oh man i'll fucking hop on a plane and come down i, I flew like, well, here yeah I got, it's a I six hour flight space, so and i appreciate it yeah it's good and we'll go have some fun tonight we'll get frank do a little interview and maybe do this again that could be a whole different yeah thing. we'll fill up another 154 and this like, is i need like a nothing, bigger memory man. card so, so my longest interview before this uh was an hour 20 with enzo it just dropped last week we even talk about the time that fucking tna traded me under the radar like a slave to ring of honor well, I guess we'll just have Holy to have a shit. part two ah. in like a couple months. And they, and they didn't have any medical then either. I was fighting for that. Obviously, that never got remedied. That sucks. Wow. I guess we'll end on that. Oh, man. No, wow. I want to... But I do want to say thank you. Oh, man. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're in the sanctuary. Thank we, you. Like, we, we do hugs and shit. I love it. Yeah. Woo. Awesome. Cool. I appreciate it. Thanks for That's having it. me. And hopefully no. uh, you still have a career after this. And me too. It's my channel, so... Well, there you have it, my friends. Austin Aries has a lot to say. That is a long interview. Thanks for uh, being part of it the whole time here. And, and like he said, we're just scratching the surface here. Just, 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 just scratching the surface. Um, but I'm really curious, really curious to hear uh, which parts stood out the most to you. So uh, take a screenshot, tag me, tag Austin Aries. Let us know that you're listening. Let us know what you thought of the interview. And... Um, Man, I mean, we covered a lot of heavy stuff there. Covered a lot of controversial stuff, Bound for Glory. Very interested to hear what your take is on everything he said there. The Christy Hemi thing, WWE thing, the Jim Cornette thing, uh, and everything else in between. So, uh, man, let me know. Let me know what you think. Also, also the day after this interview, um, Austin and I met up with Ryback, who also lives in Las Vegas. And uh, we shot a workout video with Ryback, who is a beast of a human, by the way. He's 300 plus pounds right now. Um, so you can check out that interview, or not interview, you can check out that workout. Me, Ryback, and Austin Aries working out in Ryback's home gym. Uh, it's up on Ryback's YouTube channel. And an, uh, another interview with Ryback that I just did will be up on my channel and up on the podcast uh, very soon. So keep an eye out for that. And I think that's, uh, I think we'll be seeing Ryback in the ring very soon. This is not, this is not a prediction. By the way, this is not like I don't know any. Well, it is a prediction, but I don't know any facts. But I just think that uh, he's working his way back up to a return to the ring. He's almost 100% healthy. So um, I think we'll see him back in the ring again uh, very soon. And who knows? Who knows when we'll see Austin Aries back in the ring again? I hope I hope it's soon. He's so incredibly talented. I was thinking back to some of his X Division matches in TNA. Man, uh, so good. So good. So we're rounding out 2019. What do you have uh, on tap for 2020? No, you. No, like, I'm asking you. Um, and this quote, I think, sums it up best from Paulo Coelho. I think I, I hope I said that right. One day you'll wake up and there won't be any more time to do the things you've always wanted to do. Do it now. So, boom, there you go. You don't even have to wait till 2020. Do it right now. Uh, we will see you on Thursday. This, I guess, was a kind of a bit of a bonus episode because we have so many interviews to cram in before the year's done. So uh, we will see you on our regularly scheduled day of Thursday. And hopefully my voice sounds better by then. <laughs>